What's going on, everybody? My name is Babomb1337. And this is Dozer, the PC Exposer. And you're listening to the You Should Play This podcast. And let's get right back into it! <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? We're back. We are back. Um, should before we even just get into the intro, we say make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at You Should Play This, and on Twitter at Should Play This. And at always, you can find all our shows at www.youshouldplaythis.com. We also want to thank Lame Genie Power Glove for giving us great music. Thank in you, our podcast, you. check them out at Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. Yeah. Oh, dude. What's up? Oh, man. Just, uh, you know, just the year, man. This has, like, been, like, the busiest part of the year for me, so. This is, yeah, this has been a busy part of the year for a lot of people, and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been kind of crazy, you know. Uh, James and I, it almost seemed like every time we tried to get back together, something happened. Uh <laughs> You yep. know, well, I mean, it was tough. It's been tough. So James has been super busy in Colorado, working like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I've been, uh, you know, working like crazy myself. But, you know, in the process, uh, I lost my grandmother, one of my best friends. Oh, yeah. Sorry about and that. And so man. we had, yeah, so, you know, hey, you know, sometimes it happens. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I miss them both dearly but we had to take some time off and uh, it, it happens you know and uh we're happy to be back this is a great time for us we love doing this all the time but it gets cooler you know what i'm saying it gets cooler sure. because this next year or more it's probably going to be or more to be honest with you <laughs> this next year or more if we don't have cool interviews or anything like that we're going to be spending the next however long it takes us in podcasts to start from 1983 all the way up to current date talking about the history of gaming. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. We're going to we're going to go into what our favorite aspects of those years history of gaming were, some yep. of the cool things that happened, controversies that happened in between. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to open up the forum for a lot of our, our friends to start asking us questions again, a lot of our listeners to start asking us questions again, which is something that we, we're we all about yeah. uh, doing on the You Should Play This podcast. Send us and a James, message. you know what's kind of cool? It is episode 30. 30. So we we hit the three zero mark, which is pretty rad. <laughs> um, now if we can only hit the three double zero mark oh, i bet you we could if we talk about the history of games. that would be like uh, hey jeff this is those are the pieces yes, oh my hip <laughs> we're talking about the newest release the playstation 420 <laughs> yeah episode um, 300 wow <laughs> that'd be that'd be great <laughs> yeah you never know we could yeah. do it they gotta start paying us more yeah um you know, other than that, you know, we'll, we'll keep on doing it. But welcome back, James. Thank you, thank you. Welcome back to you, too. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm very happy to be back. I'm also happy to announce a new show that's being filmed by You Should Play This right now. Uh, 
while we've been busy, we have not stopped. Um, one of the things that we started filming uh, recently is our new show called Mystery Gamer Theater 20 X. <laughs> and uh, it's an homage, obviously, to one of our favorite shows growing up, Mystery Science Theater. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to give away anything about the show. It's going to be hopefully fun for everybody. <laughs> uh, we're putting a lot of time into it. Uh, we're estimating episodes will last anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour long each. So you've got a lot to watch. It's a lot of content. It's a lot of comedy. Uh, I have my friend Josh uh, Quackenbush working with me on this as my sidekick on it. Uh, one of my very good friends, Patty, who is in it, and my friend Maddie DeLacero, who is in it. Oh, this yeah. is going to be a very... Yeah, Maddie. Maddie's, yeah. Uh, Maddie's in it. He's playing the doctor. Dr. Lasertooths is the doctor's <laughs> name. Great name. Um, so, uh, you know, it was it was between Dr. Lasertooths and Dr. Grundlebottom, and uh, I went with Dr. Lasertooths. Um, both good, really. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you Grundlebottom's on the market if you want it. Well, you know, you could you could bring in the character later on, you know, Grundlebottom. Sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I like I like I went with Lasertooths. I like Lasertooths. <laughs> Grundlebottom could be his evil half brother. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this took, this took a lot of crazy stuff. We have a full green screen studio we've been working with. We had to find the worst games, uh, that haven't been overdone, which is really tough. (laughs) You know, it's, it's a really tough thing because like anybody can find a playthrough of like the best game and anybody can find a playthrough of the worst game, but can you find those obscure ones? So we were like, seriously, we were playing, 3DO games and CDI games and Atari Jaguar games that just haven't really been mentioned. We were just like going through stockpiles. So the research, the market research on this huh, took a lot longer uh, than, than it should have, considering yeah. I, I've been playing video games for as long as I have. So uh, we're super excited to introduce that show. And every you know time we release a podcast, we are going to update you on what's going on with the show until finally it comes out. And then, you know, you'll be seeing it and subscribing. So it's going to be great. But yeah, um, that's going to be fun, man. I can't wait to see him. We have like a awesome interview coming up uh, after the Geek Week Phil uh, with an, a super awesome guest. So let's get to the Geek Week Phil so we can get to the interview because I can't wait to talk to this guy. Alrighty. Uh, I need to put my glasses on. <laughs> you should keep that in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta put my glasses on. <laughs> um, Ow, my hip. <laughs> Ow, my hip. Here we go. With its current total at a... F- $148 million, people who have crowdfunded the infamous Star Citizen are now concerned. They're now concerned. Even though its initial release was 2014 and it was pushed back to 2016, it has been pushed back again. And now it has no set release date. So now it holds the title of being the worst game of 2014, 15, 16, 17, probably 18, 19, forever. You get the joke. I want everyone to just concentrate on what I'm going to say. 
Judge Dredd and Deadpool are both getting their own cartoon series. Life is actually pretty amazing when you hear news like that. Uh, Jordan Roberts has signed on to do a live-action movie of Metal Gear Solid. Now, I know what you're thinking. Awesome! Another dumb director is going to destroy a franchise I loved as a child. Well, you're wrong! Rumor has it that every writer he has screened to do the script of the movie has come to his house and sat down and played several games from the series. That, my friend, is amazing direction. Turns out, owning the Elder Scrolls Anthology Collection might save your life. This past week, an online gamer who goes by the name of Velorock was playing some games on the PC when he heard a loud bang next door to his monitor. Upon closer inspection, he realized a bullet had passed through his window and entered the Elder Scrolls box set. The box was set up right next to where his chest was in front of the PC. Thank goodness Elder Scrolls has made that many games. This has been your Geek Week Phil. And that might be news to you. All right, folks. Geek Week Phil, huh, James? Very oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Very fancy. Learning everything <laughs> that we can learn about today's whatever. Who cares? Um, today we do have a really – I've known the person we're interviewing. It's I've known him for a long time. It's funny. And we just reacquainted recently, about, about a year ago. Um, I've known him for quite a while. And uh, I would like to introduce this guy. Uh, he's a very fun guest. Um, you might know him from the sketch comedy YouTube sensation, New Kids on the Rock. You may recognize him also as the guy uh, searching through your garbage for Ghostbusters action figures and old Pokemon games. <laughs> it's Kevin James, everybody. Kevin James, how are you? Welcome to welcome to the podcast. Uh, that, that, that's probably the best introduction I've ever gotten. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I was recently at MAGFest with my good friend Ryan Murphy, and an MC came out to introduce the two of us. We were screening computer fighters. And the guy got our names wrong. He introduced no. us as as Ryan James and Kevin Murphy. No way. Well, that's. <laughs> I mean, he must have looked at the thing and like, "There's no goddamn way Kevin James and Ryan because Mur Ryan Murphy is the name of the guy that does Glee and American Horror Story." Right, and <laughs> Kevin James is that guy with multiple failing sitcoms. But you guys break the stereotype yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. make actually you actually make quality television. Um, well, there were people in the audience, like correcting the guy. I felt so good, like being on stage with people going, no, their names are Ryan Murphy and Kevin James. See, Thanks. that's where Thank it's you. at. That's where it's at. <laughs> Whenever James and I sit on a panel, they go, why are you here? Who are you? <laughs> We're like, oh, you can't see us normally. We're not allowed in the light. Um, Kevin, like, so I, I, I remember, I mean, for years and years ago, from back in the days when you were you're a couple of years younger than me, but you used to come into Blockbuster all the time when I worked there and Electronics Boutique. And I remember yes. I remember seeing you as that happy kid, always looking for Pokemon stuff. And years later, your video game love and love for like just all around like fun translated into this really interesting sketch comedy group that you guys have on YouTube called New Kids on the Rock. You want to talk about that a little bit? Like how did that what, yeah. how did that start? Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, for sure, like, you know, we grew up in the South shore, uh, and, uh, back in like 2008, there was a uh, movie studio that was getting made in Plymouth called Plymouth rock studios. 
And uh, that was odd off the heels of this tax cut that Massachusetts was introducing for film studios, where if they spent X amount of money, the government would give them back 25% of their investment, uh, the state government, you yeah. uh, So a movie studio was going to get made in lieu of that by a bunch of Paramount execs who had left the work, uh, who had left Hollywood. Uh, and anyways, they started this website uh, to promote the movie studio, and they really wanted some content. So they hired a bunch of people to do contract video work, and my friends Ryan and Neil got hired to make a video, and they grabbed me uh, to help them make it. And shortly after that, we got asked to make a bunch of videos for them. So uh, we were just making these weekly sketches uh, for YouTube back when YouTube was kind of in its infancy. And uh, we were kind of a big fish in a smaller pond back then. You know, we were making stuff every six, seven days because we had paychecks dependent on it. And that, you know, nowadays no one turns over legitimate sketch comedy that regularly on YouTube. No. Usually it's just a, if people make weekly or daily videos, it's just top 10 lists and fake out thumbnails. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, Speaking we were, of that, check we out were, our top 10 list for Atari. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, man. It's really hard where people realize like this is stupid. Like you have to have a guaranteed payday to make stuff like that. And yeah. that's why college humor and like uh, the like, you know, they're around because they have these corporations behind them and a lot of money where, you know, you could, have like maybe, you know, a well-produced video out every hundred hours. Um, but now it's, it's crazy. like, who the hell has the time? Even the best YouTubers, like we were talking about James Rolfe, like he net, he really can't make like a big skit uh, no. but once every couple of years, it seems now. And, and he's like really good at what he does. Like it's no fault of his own. It's just he probably can't make the economics work. You know? No, but and no, that's, that's like, can, I mean, that's yeah. like all of us here at, at, at You Should Play This. Like we we have taken a step back from making videos. Like we were releasing videos to a, to a month of like pretty big, you know, production stuff. And it's like we just yeah. can't keep up the pace. No, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. can't it's even a, have a day job. I mean, it's like he's like one or the other. Make the videos yeah. or <laughs> yep, or make money. And, you know, and, you know, yeah. And honestly, I think that's okay. Like I, I've been telling people this a lot lately uh, when I talk about video games. You know, you know, Jeff knew me from a while back. Uh, I, I was a huge PS2 kid, and uh, I uh, I was constantly buying and taking in every game possible yep. on PS2, and that was no easy task because that damn thing just printed crazy good games for this is like, like probably three, four years yeah what was like it's probably one of the largest libraries available easily yeah in, in yeah the it was like world. the first console yeah the first console post like super nintendo that really like just was a mic drop of like games every month like holy crap like in, was it 2001 there's that magazine ad people like to repost where it's like here's like silent hill 2 uh Eco, uh, Grand oh. Theft Auto 3, Twisted Metal Black, Ace Combat 4, Final Fantasy 10, like all these games in like a six month period. It, and I was anyways, sitting like there now, playing Ribbit Kings and nobody cared. And <laughs> <laughs> but, but now, but nowadays when it comes to gaming, uh, I think you guys can probably like probably fall in line with this too. Is it's, it's, I still play the living crap out of games, but like right now, everyone's talking about, you know, Zelda and Persona 5, right? Yep. It becomes I'm like, it becomes one game that's or one or two games. Like you said, Zelda Persona 5 right now. Those are the big games everyone's talking about. And there's so many shadow releases that happen. Yeah, people aren't. Even, 
Yeah. But dude, like my problem is when I have time to sit down and play a game, I'm like, dude, I'm embarrassed to admit it. I'm like, when I have time on my PS4, I'm playing the original Red Faction in that Parappa the Rappa remaster. Dude, you out. and I were talking to each other on uh, on PlayStation yeah. 4, what was like a couple weeks ago when it came out. This game is so goddamn we're good. like, yes, <laughs> finally, they put something on here that I want to play. Like, uh, I, you yeah. know. And we played a lot of the Rocket League and and uh, yeah. there's, you know, when it comes to these like uh, AAA titles that that come out, everyone's like, yeah, wow, I can't wait to try the new Call of Duty. I'm like, dude, just give me a really good game. Yeah, that's all I'm yeah, looking yeah. for. Like, I don't care if it's 10 bucks and has crap graphics. I want a good game, you know. Um, well, it's also like it's, it's hard to commit. Dude, I've been I, I bought Fallout 4 when it came out. And mm. I still finished the goddamn thing. And I, I broke five days of gameplay on it not that long ago. And I asked a friend at a party the other night, I'm like, dude, is this even worth finishing? And like three people in, in, in unison said, no, just drop it. <laughs> and and I, th- I think what's happened. James would disagree you know, dude, with dude, you I, in a massive, in a, in a major dude, way. <laughs> dude, it's, dude, it's amazing. But like my, my point is, and this is going back to what we were saying about the YouTube content is like you get older. Like I turned 30 in January. I, I, I'm into video games. I think the same way a lot of older people are into sports where – you know, my dad's not about to go play some football or hockey, but he'll listen to like sports radio or AM sure. talk radio yeah. about sports morning, noon and night. And that's where I'm at. I never miss a Giant Bomb podcast. I, I never well, miss one. Yeah, Giant Bomb's great. Yeah. They're a great company. I mean, I mean, they're not as good as you should play this, but. Yeah, uh, sure. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, they're amazing. They've done guys are doing the right thing, though, is like. Podcasts are like where it's at, in my opinion. Like I, I would rather put a podcast on and walk around and well, follow four. You know, it's pretty than like just zone it, into it. True, you know? and you know what's great about our 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 group is that you know we're we're relatively tame compared to a lot of those other guys yeah. um, as far as like extreme content goes. But what we like about our group is we're getting messages from people from like Dutch colonies and Suriname, you know, and and. <laughs> And Australia and England and China. Yeah, and it's it's so good. Yeah, like it's so cool. And we're meeting all these really neat and different people and finding out how to get. And I think that's one of the things that we really like is we hit these really weird. You don't even think about it because James, in, you know, James is in Colorado. I'm in in Massachusetts and we get to talk to okay. all these cool people such as yourself and, and do these things. And people will, will message us. And be like, what's going well, like, how do you know, like, how do they do this? When's that TV show coming? Like we got when we had uh, what was uh, who did we have on last ben. time? Uh, ben, Ben Martin. Yep. And people were like, oh, when is, you know, when's TikTok hitting? And it's cool because we hit this really awesome audience. Um, and I think that's what 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 it's all about is really reaching out because gaming is has huge. become. Yeah, it's not only is it huge, but it's become such a social platform for sure where when you were yeah. a kid it wasn't you know before the oh, age yeah. of of the internet it wasn't a social platform and now it's like everybody's talking to each other it was a social uh, is like yeah. there's like, the there's like there's a level of shame associated with gaming up until like 1995 yeah like, th- th- there was a i watched there was an interview i saw with phil harrison uh i was digging through some old like g4 news segments on youtube a couple months ago and phil harrison used to be a he used to work i think he still works at microsoft i could be wrong but back in the day, he was like one of the heads of Sony when the PS1 was about to launch. And he said their entire marketing strategy was we're going to design every facet of marketing for the PlayStation around 19-year-olds. 
Because it, deep down, everybody wants to be 19. <laughs> Kids yeah. want to be 19 because they can tell their parents off and adults want to be 19 so they don't have any responsibilities. Yes. And it was when that, and that's totally the sea change moment is when that machine hit and uh, suddenly, you know, a game like, you know, Parappa the Rapper, we were talking about that, begat, you know, uh, rock band and guitar hero and stuff. Like suddenly it became a little, it was a little more socially acceptable. And then of course what made it more of a conversation piece, uh, gaming is yeah, just, you and know, you know it's funny, gaming like, taking off. You know, you you go out on, you know, first dates with girls or something like that and, and you know, like you end up dating for a little bit, you head back to their house and there's always a rock band drum set in the yeah, corner of their somewhere. house or, you know, and you're like, you sit you're like, oh, you, you it, it's become such a, a norm for people to play that oh, kind dude, of stuff. We, we, we have one here on the stage. I actually was setting up a rock band on the Xbox One for a, a class. We're doing a lighting show, and instead of having a real band play, they're just going to have students come up and play a rock band <laughs> with, the, with the big giant system well, and, it and was, all the lights uh, and stuff. <laughs> that's so rad. Well, like, remember when Donkey Konga came out, I had a friend, Jeff, who lives <laughs> in um, – in, um, in Arizona, he lives in Tucson. He was a music teacher and he had a lot of kids with terrible rhythm. And he was telling me, he's like, dude, I used to bring in my GameCube and Donkey Konga and have them sit and just practice rhythm because it would get them in the, you know, he's like, I picked it up for like 20 bucks at a store and like they would just play it. They loved it, you know, and you're like, that's genius stuff. Like, and it just becomes social acceptable and it's really, it's pretty yeah, neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to jump back on your new kids real quick. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of the episodes. Um, my personal favorite is the original Knock Knock episode. But what is your personal favorite of the new kids? Oh, God. Like out of all the skits we've done? Out of um, all of them. Mm, that's hard. Um, yeah. I personally think if I had to sell someone on what Ryan, Neil, and I do work together the quickest, I would probably show them Friend or Foe. Which oh, we I love did Friend or Foe. Year. Yeah, that's a good one. That is very funny. That, that's not... That, that's the, from the mind of Ryan Murphy. He had no doubt for years and uh, <laughs> we just got together and uh, I just, you know, I, I just pushed the guys like, no, we, we're going to make this look as nice as possible. We spent a whole day, just the three of us in the woods shooting that we rented a costume in the garment district. Um, but uh, as far as like my favorite, like example of what the show should be, um, it's, it's a toss up probably between um, computer fighters and uh, the money tree. I really like the money tree. Uh, even if it's a little long for what it is, computer fighters, uh, is just, if you're, if you're into what we do, it's 21 minutes of like our best jokes. Computer um, fighters is something that I would really like to talk about with the audience. Um, computer fighters it, it, yeah. is amazing. You guys like hit the nail on the head in so many references. Um, and like, we tried real hard to go for like attitude and style too. Like, like it, we didn't want to like, just put like iconography from like Mario or something in there. We were right. like, okay, let's make this part of this game. Cause we go into a fictional game called computer fighters. And I remember talking to Neil and Ryan about it. And I said, this game has to feel like mortal Kombat three and twisted metal two. It has to feel like it came out in that breath of, Oh man, this is a game. My mom and dad can't see me playing. Right. Even though it's totally not actually mature. It's just gothic looking. Yeah, and, uh, well, and what was the name of the city? Vatican City 1999. I mean, you yeah. hit you hit <laughs> you hit so many like hilarious references in it right off the bat. Like my favorite part of it is when um Jesus, Daxter Flaxter, is that his name? What's his name? In it? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Is that it? All right. Yeah. 
when yeah. right after it's he, like we, we give him like 20 names it's it's a, I, I, it's easy to get it wrong like get we purposefully like, say the wrong name every scene but his name is Daxter Flaxter. all right so <laughs> I got so I got the name of the character right but my favorite part is right yeah. after he pops you into the machine he's in the corner uh talking and there's just some woman just standing and watching him and he's like yeah go move my keys and then I can do this and like every, jump here go here yeah yeah and like the, just the just when it cuts out of him his voice you know echoing through telling you guys what to do in the Nick arcade costumes which is just classic when it cuts yeah. out of that and he's standing there and there's just a woman looking at him like What's this guy doing in the corner? What am I supposed to do with this guy? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's the first time in the whole 21 minutes that someone is not in on the joke of this. And that makes it so good. Being not in on the joke on the joke is the best. (laughs) Got me going. So what that what the hell? Where did that come from? Oh man, well, like we always wanted to do kind of a finale to um so so when Ryan Neal and I do skits together, we do like a lot of short format stuff, but sometimes we would come up with these like fake sitcom episode ideas we would call new kids on the rock we would treat it like it was a tgif show right right and um which doesn't really work on the internet people like the longer the episode no matter how good it is almost 10 times out of 10 less hits it could be the best idea we've ever had if it's longer than 10 minutes it's not gonna do well um but that doesn't stop us um but uh, with computer fighters we wanted like a finale and I was trying to push the guys into doing a feature length movie where we did like a Kickstarter and stuff. And they were like, no way, that's not worth it. <laughs> and they were right. They're, they're absolutely right. It would have been such a crazy like vanity project. So we, so basically we tried to write a script that felt like a feature film attitude wise, but only would have taken 10 pages uh, to tell. And it ended up being 20 pages. And uh, just from the word go, it was, you know, we knew we were going to raise the stakes. So that let us convince our, you know, we were able to convince ourselves. Yeah, let's spend a little bit of money and get John St. John to do voice acting. Let's get Mel McMurrin from Twisted Metal, who who did Calypso and all the old PS1 yep. games. Like, oh, you can hear that like, go- stuff. If you're if you're like yeah. a fan of that, that genre, those voices come out yeah. in the middle of, yeah. of that of that vignette, if you will. Um, yeah, or, we, we or wanted to get more people. We wanted to get more people, but like we couldn't find places to fit. Like we talked about maybe asking Phil Moore to do a voice, but we just didn't know where to fit him. That would because we don't want to make fun of these guys. We didn't want to make them come off any less important than we felt they were uh, in our heart. Like we wanted the movie to feel like a celebration of our childhood and not a mockery of it. But we are kind of laughing at how truly dumb a lot of the things we held sacred were back then um while still making it look awesome like that was the whole idea and uh so so basically we just you know we went through a couple of iterations of the script um we found out at one point and the original idea it was it, it's almost formatted uh james i don't know if you've seen it you, you ever watch are you afraid of the dark uh yeah a long time ago yeah yeah we, we were trying to go for that like we were trying to go for like uh and are you afraid of the dark episode at in the, the original writing, uh, the inception for computer fighters. And then it got to a draft where we had a gypsy character giving us these magic tokens from Tibet or something. They were like made out of wood that was struck by lightning. I forget. And, 
we found out that gypsy is like considered like a racial slur yeah. these days. Ooh. Yeah, you can't And we looked really into it, that. and we we were we had no idea. We were just like, all right, well, we just can't do that. Like, because we weren't going to, like, argue with people. Like, no, you, no, no, we can do that. that we're making fun of a television stereotype. It, My it doesn't friend's matter. Just best, do best friend, <laughs> his sister knew a gypsy, so I feel like we can say it. Like, you can't get away with that, like... Yeah. It's tough. It's like we were making days. fun of like Sardo from Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, we weren't right. going to be like Romanian people are awful. Like that was <laughs> like a <the> joke. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't get that. Um, we. I had no idea until because I, dude, as recently as like ten years ago, uh, Drag Me to Hell came out, and I love that movie. Oh yeah, great movie. And I had no, I had no idea that was a thing. And the second we found out, we just scrapped it. We're like, well, we're not going to like try and justify this. Let's just write something smarter. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, you did a phenomenal job writing something smarter. Now, how 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 long did it take you to make that 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 short? Eight months. Wow, eight months. Yeah. Jeepers, yeah. creepers. Well, well, like, well, I was working a full time job. Uh, Neil was getting married. Ryan lives down to the Cape. He works a full time job down there. Uh, and we were doing a lot of experimental stuff. We, none of us had ever done 3D animation before. Yeah, and we were watching like Beast Wars and stuff, trying to figure out like there's a certain. OK, have you ever guys have you guys ever seen the original Power Rangers movie from 95? Um, do I it. own it on DVD? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, so I remember as a kid thinking the CG at the end was really something. Mm-hmm. And we went back and looked at it and like this. It's terrible. Like on a technical level, it's really bad. Like yeah. there's no reflections or anything. Um but we realized looking at it that the movie, what made it funny and charming, it, it was so it was just so confident in itself. <laughs> so we decided that was our direction with all the effects was like everything has to look like it thinks it's good looking. So we taught ourselves 3D animation. We did completely different style. Like like Neil did like cinema 4D stuff that looked like Beast Wars. <laughs> and that's how we did Gunfoot. And yep. I, I went into more how Lawnmower Man was done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was doing like underrated like extrusion. Dude, I finally watched it two days uh, ago. It's an underrated movie. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's, it's a, a good movie. movie. <laughs> terrible, terrible, read, terrible video game, but not a bad movie. Yeah. Dude, I read the book that it was based on a couple months ago. <laughs> They have, there's absolutely nothing in common. Like, I can no. see why Stephen King sued that movie studio and made bank. Like, you heard about this, right? Stephen King won, like, oh, yeah. millions of dollars for, like, what is this? Why is my name on this? My, yep. I didn't write anything like this movie. <laughs> Stephen King, Stephen uh, King, I'm, like, a huge, with the new uh, It trailer coming out, like, my brain's exploding. It was my looking favorite good. movie. It's looking good. If you're, if you're, a, if you're a kid from a small town in a heavily wooded area. New England. Yeah, in New yeah. England. You really, you really get attached to those Stephen King books and movies. <laughs> or do you, do you, you guys stay think, away from them. Do you guys think them? that people... Do you think people are going to come out and be like, oh, nice Stranger Things attempt? Like, Somebody you already did it. I was sitting in the oh, flyer saucer and we were talking about it with a friend and this kid at the bar leans over. He goes, yeah, but don't you think it looks like Stranger Things? And I was like, I just, I left. Dude, yeah. Dude, Stranger know. Things doesn't have one original idea in 10 hours of entertainment. Like I, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. And I've been told that I just finished uh, Black Mirror and uh, yeah, I was told to hit joke. Stranger Things next. Dude, that game test episode really screwed me up. It hit a little too close to home. 
Um, Dude, that guy looks so much like Kurt Russell. He does look <laughs> like Kurt Russell. I didn't even think yeah. about that. My favorite and one is still the second episode yeah. with uh, the guy oh, from yeah, Get yeah. Out. That was unreal. Um, oh yeah, that was amazing. That that one hit. That one hits really hard. Yeah, uh, it's social they, they, media. Uh, life. I would say this about Stranger Things. I don't want to poo poo it too much. I just I, I like Stranger Things, but it's like uh, it's like a candy bar, man. Like I <laughs> I remember I showed my girlfriend the first Terminator movie. She had never seen it. Oh, and uh, we we got like 20 seconds into it and the title screen hits, you know, when the Brad yep. Fadell's synth score starts to hit dun, 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 and the lettering comes up and she looks over me and she goes, so Stranger Things got even the opening title from something else. Yeah, and I just yeah, burst out laughing. I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's just nostalgia. It's just other ideas. It's yep. an and extreme like, dude, homage. <laughs> and, dude, and even like the leading graphic like all the the, the yeah. leading promotional materials for season two are just hey look it's our main cast dressed up as ghostbusters <laughs> and you're like all right yeah. well, good job i remember <laughs> ghostbusters as well <laughs> kevin as a side note you were you are a huge ghostbusters fan yeah it's the best movie ever made <laughs> yeah uh proton pack in tow uh you also have a short film i believe that uh oh, uh, oh, are we not allowed to talk about that? Should we edit that out? I mean, I mean, I mean no, I mean, you can talk about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I used to be like a decade ago. I was like so diehard about Ghostbusters stuff. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess you'd call me a cosplayer. I, I spent like $3,000 on a costume. I made fan films with people. Uh, we did. I got uh, Ghostbusters into the Boston St. Patty's Day Parade. Uh, yeah. We did, I did amazing. that for a few years. and. It got to a point where I just I needed yet to they, finish Yet they school. still have a problem with letting the gay community march in it. But yeah, yeah right. what, I guess that, the ghost. So that's what. That's what. I guess what the Ghostbusters. Are, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. Like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man can march down Broadway, but like a gay pride float can't. Like what is going? Here's on? the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing that I like about we. So in Massachusetts, not to get too political, but we do have a Republican mayor now. And when that happened, every Republican was like, finally, we're going to put an end to this stuff. And this guy <laughs> has been the complete opposite of what Republicans wanted. He's like, well, I'm not yeah. going to the parade unless gay people are marching in the parade. I'm not like, yeah. if you have a problem, like, it's pretty amazing. You got to give Marty Walsh some credit. Um, big yeah, fan. you really do. You got to give him some credit. He's, I mean, he is standing up for what's right. So anyways, as a side note. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, big, 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 big fan of Ghostbusters you are. But. Oh, I love it. Near and dear to everybody sitting here, you've got a new feature. What is it? A biography? A film? What are we calling this? Like a uh, documentary? Documentary, I guess. I guess it wouldn't be a biography. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there, there'll be some bio biopic elements to it, I guess. Uh, it's so it's a doc. It's a feature length documentary, right? Yeah, uh, like I like imagine it's like you're. It's your, it's late at night. You turn, you go to Netflix. There's a bunch of like 80 minute documentaries. That's kind of the, that's kind of the space this thing belongs in. And, uh, it's called, so, it's going to be called not for resale, which is a famous word that we've seen on cartridges in video games, our entire lives. Uh, usually, yeah. yeah. Usually when we buy them uh, at a secondhand store, um, mm -hmm. let's get into this. How did you come up with sure. the idea for the film? Um, so, uh, basically I was working on the road, uh, a couple of years ago on this TV show. And when, when you do reality TV work, you frequently end up staying in the same hotel room for two months. <laughs> and, uh, I was in Binghamton, New York, and I found this store called Robot City Games. Awesome store. 
They have a giant arcade in the back. They doubled their floor space, I think, two years ago, they told me. But uh, I would go there once a week with the crew. A bunch of guys in the crew and I would go there and buy N64 and Genesis games and stuff. And then we'd have to go out on Amazon and get, like, RF adapters and everything. Um, but um, it just got me thinking about how these stores aren't that frequent anymore. I, I started to think, you know, back home in Massachusetts, we have a dense population, a lot of money, big tech community. But I didn't know that many local mom and pop video game shops. Um, so I just started thinking, wouldn't it be cool to tell the story of these stores? And then right around that time, the Xbox One got announced. And uh, do you guys remember the whole debacle about the Xbox One when it got announced? I don't, well, which one? The I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but I am super anti-Xbox. Hardcore. Oh, man, I, so, so I'm not like, I tried to keep an open mind, but I, you know, I didn't own a 360. Uh, and they announced the Xbox One. And one of the things about the Xbox One, I guess you'd call it a feature, is that you couldn't play other people's used games. Oh, used, yes, I do like, remember that. Yep. And like that, that's a, that's a, that is a, I'm kind of oversimplifying it, but that's, that is kind of what the sales pitch was, was like, well, you could, you could, be, you could buy a code to release. That was one of the things you could buy a re like for 10 yeah. bucks or something was the idea that you could buy a, a, you know, a pass to play the game again. And it would and, completely yeah. ruin resellers on that subject. Yeah. And, and, and like there were, there were, there were some cool trade-offs, like to be fair, like there were things like if you bought a game you could let up to it was like ten people could be in your family library. I, I'm forgetting the term they had, but you yeah, they were using the same could, concept as Steam, or, or like PlayStation Three with the five users that could sign in. Like there was some cool right. ideas, but the messaging was so poor, people went mental, and it really got me thinking about man, like this is kind of it though. Like they're one of these consoles is going to get this right, and that's going to be it for physical retail. But um. Mm. Why ha- why- and I was su- kind of surprised that there wasn't a permutation of the PS4 or the Xbox One that didn't have a disk drive. Not that I want it, but I was sort of surprised that no one had the, 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 the balls to do it. And um, Sony so, tried so it, it just made- with the Vita Mini or whatever, the Vita Go or the PS- PSP PS Go. Go PSP yeah. Go. And yeah, but the, really PSP, the PSP was on life support by the time that happened and Piracy just ate that thing. Yeah, like, it's true. It, it, it was awesome. I love but uh the PSP, I mean, I love my PSP. Uh, I like, yeah, I like but, my Vita and my PSP. I think they're both fantastic systems. The, the hardware, the hardware is still is so good. But I, I just said, oh, I said to myself, well, why don't we, why don't I make a documentary about not just mom and pop video game stores? Because that's cool. There's some Americana there, and I love going into business stories. Um, but why don't we do that in parallel to the changing nature of retail consumption in the United States? Because, you know, Internet speeds aren't great everywhere. And, you know, I think Doom, the new Doom that came out last year, which yeah. was excellent. Great game. Like, wasn't it like a 20 gig patch or something? Like yeah. day one, like something. And that's like, that's insane. If you have Massive. like a 15 meg, if you have like 15 megs down, which is like the fastest internet you can get in most parts of Tennessee, I'll let you know. Um, that's like days just yeah. to play. Just to your, patch it. To play that something you purchased already, yeah. So I, I'm and and I and I'm making the movie sound real, really political and antsy, and that's totally not the angle. It's just there are these things I wanted to examine, 
net neutrality gets bigger and bigger with every passing year. You know, what's going to, when will Comcast start throttling people for their data? Uh, what, you know, what liberties are we losing with uh, digital consumption? Uh, and, and then there's other things like, you know, we talked about Rocket League. You and I love Rocket League. Right. There's a physical, there's a physical release of Rocket League, but it yeah. came after the digital release. You know, why is that? Like, wh- so why we got the digital on yeah. PlayStation. We get the digital release for free when it first came yeah. out. Um, yes, plus, I do yeah. have a physical copy of it. I'm very intense about that. I have a library of about, um, I would say I'm up to about 6,000 physical games right now. And, wow. um, well, it's just, you know, I, I, you want to talk about preserving, uh, you know, you want to talk about preserving what the past was. I mean, we started collecting, James and I both started collecting stuff back when we were really young, um, from ColecoVision all the way up to current stuff. So when I see a special edition of something come out, like the Wild Guns remake or remaster special edition on PlayStation 4, yeah, I'm going to buy that. I'm not going to open it. I'm going to digitally download it and I'm going to keep it. Am I going to sell it? Hell no. I'm not that guy. I want it. It's mine. Uh, what do you guys think of What do you guys think of Night Trap getting a PlayStation 4 boxed release? I can't believe that that was the game that, uh, <laughs> out of all games, I'm excited. <laughs> and don't think that there won't be a live playthrough. Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, James and I touched on it at the beginning of the show before we, we hopped into the interview, but... Um, there's a new show that both uh, my friend uh, Josh Quackenbush and I have uh, uh, started writing for um, the You Should Play This Network, and it should be out in the next couple months, which we're really excited about, called uh, Mystery Gamer Theater 20XX. And mm-hmm. it's going to be an obvious homage to uh, Mystery Science Theater, which is we're huge fans of. And uh, we're going to be playing some of the worst games, so don't be surprised. Um <laughs> If that game pops up uh, and it'll be really weird because the it. games like, we're doing is like they're, the games that we have on our list don't go pretty much don't go past 2000. Um, yeah. So it's going to be really weird to see a, a re-release of something we do like 2017. We have a new new game. What, what's, uh, that, what's, what's that company called? Limited Run Games. Yeah. The guys who did that. They're from North Carolina, I think. And they, they that's like all they do. Is they hey. take, but well, I, I, I mean, they don't take old stuff and make physical releases of it. They take stuff like, uh, like Shuffle Knight, right? And they'll like yep. give it a physical. I think, I think they did Shuffle Knight. Don't quote me on that. But to see them do Night Trap, I don't know whose idea that was. I really just don't that, like, know. What, what else could they do? Can you guys think of anything else that's that like infamously like they're not going to do something licensed like Superman sixty four? But like, what about like? Plumbers don't wear ties. Oh, so like, I, uh, I mean, like that's one of the only 3DO games that I have that I love. Um, I, you know, they're not going to do do. I mean, it would be cool to see. Well, that's licensed. I'm thinking. I was thinking maybe some of the CDI games that never really kicked. But I, you know, Mario Jurassic Park uh, or something. The Jurassic Park game on the 3DO and CDI were actually actually pretty fun mini game games if you got yeah, into yeah. them. Um, they probably can't get through the licensing hoops to do that, right? No, you wouldn't be able to get through it. And like, I was going to say hotel Mario or any of the Zelda games if they gave it a little touch. Um, yeah, but Nintendo doesn't want to know. They probably kill you if you tried to develop those again, (laughs) they don't even want you to know that they exist. Um, so how many places did you go to? So far we've been to a dozen places. Uh, 10 of them were stores. One of them was the, uh, 
University of Illinois undergrad, undergraduate library and the library of Congress. Um, but out of the 10 stores, you know, we, we tried not to do more than one in any state. Uh, you know, we started in Massachusetts, drove all the way down to North Carolina, started driving west out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, back up north through Illinois and Chicago, up into Toronto, back down south through upstate New York, and eventually into Massachusetts again. Um, nice. So, so far, it's been a dozen locations. It's crazy. Yeah. And, of course, you visited uh, the place that we... we uh, Meet often, uh, Game Zone oh, yeah, in man. Salem. Underappreciated. I love Game Zone. It's, uh, oh. I tell you, Kevin, it's good to have people come in and sit around, <laughs> and it's good to have, you know, I started this uh, years ago, and uh, we would uh, come, people would knocking at my door, and they did you have the porno? I said, I don't do that anymore. Uh, he's <laughs> Neil from Game Zone is one of my favorite. First of, he's a character. He's one of my favorite people. Oh, he's amazing. And he'll. What's great about him is when you when you when you really make a connection with him, you start talking to him, and somehow he gets your phone number. I don't know how he got mine. I can't. I'm not sure <laughs> still how it happened. But I'll get a phone yeah. call occasionally, and I've saved his number now, so now I know. But I'll get one. It's hey Jeff. I found. Uh, it, it might not fit you. But I found an extra small Atari jacket from 1981, and <laughs> nice. I was thinking you would love that. Uh, give me a call. Dude, he's back. got some cool stuff. He's dude, got he some amazing me, things. Dude, he, well, he's been in the industry. The guy who runs Game Zone, guy named Neil Crockett, he's got you know. So he's he's been doing this stuff for decades. Like you know, he used to be in video rental. He used to, uh, all that stuff before he was in uh, to a, having a retail video game store. He was right. a representative for Sega for Nintendo. He used to go around to all the toy and video stores in the 90s and 80s soliciting saying like yeah you're gonna want to have a thousand copies of earthworm gym too because kids are gonna buy them right um to the point where like sega gave him like a sonic mascot suit for yes. parades and stuff yes oh wow <laughs> yes i've i've heard legend of this suit actually dude, he's, but he's, i have yet dude, to he's see awesome it. neil is neil's store is a mix between a library and a, a game store it's really cool yeah. to go in and see. I get very frustrated when he won't sell me certain items, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun dynamic that we have and we go back and forth with. I think I finally cracked him on the game and watches, so I'm gonna Dude, take advantage. He'll surprise of that. you. He'll surprise you with stories. Like, he, so he was telling oh, me this is in the documentary. Dude, he was telling me that like he used to do a mail order business before he started his <laughs> store, right? So this guy back in the '80s, he was you know buying stock from movie and video game distribution houses. So he'd have like stacks of copies of like Crocodile Dundee or something, right? And then he'd go to Blockbuster and Leechmere and Bradley's, all those stores. I don't even know if those existed outside of New England. Um, <laughs> and he'd be like, how many copies of Crocodile Dundee do you need? And they'd buy them off of him to rent or sell to their customers, right? right. Um, so he had this warehouse of video game overstocks and he would sell them in the back of GamePro, right? In Electronic Gaming Monthly back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then eventually people figured out that they could just go to the address listed in his ads because right. he had a warehouse, right? <laughs> so he started getting people showing up every couple of weeks, just knocking at his doors like, hey, can I just get Mario 3 right now? I don't want to wait. <laughs> and um, it's crazy. So he, he, that's insane. So he's like, all right, I guess I should just open a store. And that, that's that's all she wrote. Like he's been running this store out of Salem ever since. And, a long um, time. He's got, it's been open for a long time. Yeah, um, and like he's got some cool stuff in that store, man. 
Oh, he yeah. does have some cool stuff. James, I think we went when you were out yep. here. I think we went there. It's got the Nintendo controller as the sign. Oh, yeah, um, dude, that was awesome. That was, oh, and then we ate the pizza. Place. Yeah, that was yeah. a good time. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I like that pizza place over there. Um, the one time we played video games and had pizza. <laughs> yeah, it was, that's only happened once in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, um, Kevin, where would people go if they want to learn more about the movie? I'm glad you asked, Jeff. All uh, right, they thanks. Could go to, <laughs> they could go to GameStoreDoc.com. Uh, somehow no one had bought that domain. That's GameStoreDoc.com. Yeah, I, I I thought for sure someone had made a video game store documentary prior to this, but I guess not. Um, so if you go there, you can learn about the movie. You can see which stores you've been to. There's video clips, uh, bits of interviews, a map of where we've gone. We're going to be launching an Indiegogo soon. Uh and we're scaling it between, you know, right now, it, I can't say the exact amount, but it's a pretty conservative amount of money we're going for. Um, we just want to finish the movie. We're not trying to make a ton of money off of it. Um, and uh, so far, it's been a crew of two. We're trying to double or triple our numbers for some more shoots we want to do up in Salem. We mm-hmm. want to get to the West Coast. Uh, we have some video game developers we've talked to who have agreed to have us come over and interview them about, you know, why they make retail copies of their games after they've done so well digitally. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn about the movie game store doc.com, like there's, they'll give you a real good idea of what, what the movie is. We have some 30 second clips up, so it doesn't even take that long for you to figure out if you hate or like the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but, well, I mean, I liked it right off the bat. That's like right in my wheelhouse. I mean, anybody who listens to this, that's in their wheelhouse. Um, totally. So that's, I mean, this is, this is where you, you, you know, and obviously on the, you should play this page, we're going to be updating it constantly. Um, we're, we're always going to want to be talking about it and it's super, it's super cool, dude. Like I'm psyched about this. I can't wait to see yeah. where it goes. Um, I, I, I hope, I hope we do the stores justice. Cause like I, I wasn't prepared for how interesting all these stores were going to be. And I wish we had more time to spend with them. I truly do. Cause some of these stores, we only got like five hours. Um, but, uh, we're going to be going back to a few of them. Um, and there's just stuff about gaming retail I'd never considered. Um, and also just witnessing, I mean, uh, you saw, you guys saw what happened with vinyl shops, you know, yeah. they kind of went the way the Dodo for a bit and then they kind and of, then they came boom. back from the brink because yeah. suddenly like people were buying vinyl again. And I, I, that's kind of one of the questions the, the film asks is, is this going to happen to video game shops because some of these stores are thriving and other stores aren't, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, we know, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to name names, but like, you know, we know stores in new England that are doing better than others. Yeah. And, um, it's, 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 it, it seems, you know, it could go either way. You know, this hobby, this love so many people have for retro games. It, it one thing that came up in a lot of these stores that I, 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 you know, I'm glad you and I are talking right now and I'm glad we saved it for the, the, the show is I asked some of the owners of these shops, like, do you see the age of your customers going up? Like the average age, like, do you get kids coming in actually buying video games or are they just coming in with mom and dad so they can see what video games used to look like? Right. Yeah. And, and, and uh, they're telling me, and this is the coolest thing. They're getting kids coming in for the weirdest games out of nowhere. And like a kid will come in and say, oh, can I get a copy of Jekyll and Hyde for NES? 
And the owners will be like, why the hell do you want a copy of Jekyll and Hyde? <laughs> and they'll sell it to the kid. And then they'll find out a week later that some YouTuber did a video on that game. Right. So these kids are getting a history lesson on these games. Yep. And then they come in and they're suddenly like, oh, hey, um, I actually want to get a copy of like the weirdest stuff. Like uh, freaking um, the, the, the um, Independence Day game for PS1 for some reason became a thing. Yeah. In this one stop. Because kids just, they, they hear YouTubers talking about it and they want to experience it. Um, so there's definitely an affinity for retro games with young kids now. Um, cool. So that that's interesting to hear. So I wonder if that'll hold. I wonder if we're going to, I mean, like, look at the freaking, uh, the NES classic, right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Are you ready to ask Kevin the 15 nerd questions or what? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, okay, let's do it. No, no, is, right like, is this like rapid Wait. fire? Is this like rapid no, fire? No, you can take. Like, uh, so I'm going to tell you, you can take all the time you want, but uh, you know, we're going to see. We're going to test your. We're going to test your. It's like this is basically our test of the nerd zodiac sign. Like what kind <laughs> okay, of so nerd are you? This is like a personality test. This is this a is, personality this like, test. Okay, let's do it. Right, are you ready to do this, Kevin? Yeah, is there like theme music? Or are you going to put some music in? I, I'm going to put sure. music over it. Don't worry. You, can, you can't hear that? You can't hear it's that right now? What are you saying? Oh, man. oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like the Winnie the Pooh Bear theme. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Let's put a I moment of silence. I don't know if Langini or Power Glove has done a Winnie the Pooh Bear. That's our, those, are our, uh, those are our guys we use for, for music. Everything. Um, uh, everything, because they gave us rights to their music. Um, all right, so we're going to get right into it. 15 questions. Let's go, Kevin. If you All could right. create a roller coaster ride, what would it be called? Oh God, what would it be called? Uh, mm. I'd call it uh, unreckoning, <laughs> which means I think literally a lack of change, and it would be like a, <laughs> it'd be like a half mile stretch of uh, of uh, concrete. Uh, yeah. where you'd go maybe like 150 miles an hour at peak speed, and then inertia would just do the rest. Perfect. <laughs> Unreckoning. <Yeah. laughs> Unreckoning. Yeah. All right. Kirk or Picard? Uh, am, I, am I allowed to include Chris Pine, Kirk? You could if you want, sure, yeah. yeah. Kirk. Oh, wow. All right. All right. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. If you're yeah. in trouble and you need a superhero to help you, who would save you? It's, I mean, it's boring. I mean, oh, who, oh, who do I want to save me or who's going to show up to save me? Well, who do you want to save you? And you know what? Who would show up? Let's find out both <laughs> answers. Um, I'm interested if now. I'm, if I'm in trouble, if I'm in trouble, I want Superman. But I want mm -hmm. like the seasoned, like John Hamm looking Superman who's okay. like done a few laps you know he's like taking you know he knows what he's doing i don't want this uh henry cavill uh woe is me i keep making mistakes superman because my writer and director have no idea what i'm about uh who's who i think is more likely to show up to save me yeah um i'm i'm feeling like i would probably get some like c-string x-men to show up and i would still be jazzed like i would get like uh like Morph and like Dazzler would probably show I, up to save I would, me. I'd be so psyched if Dazzler just showed yeah. up anywhere at my house. Uh, oh, but yeah. Morph, oh, hey. Morph would be a rad one. I feel like Morph is so not talked about ever anymore. 
Dude, X-Men are where it's at, man. X-Men, for some reason, the X-Men still don't get the respect they deserve, even with stuff, uh, whatever. I could go off for hours about that. Yeah, oh, that's uh, a long yeah. That's a long one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're on the first mission to Mars and you can bring two people with you, real or fictional, living or dead, who would they be? So I can bring, like, a fictional character with me? Yeah. You can bring whoever you want, dude. It's living your okay, mission. I, 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 Okay, I'm bringing Werner Herzog because he'll figure out the best way to convey the beauty or horror of Mars to the people back home. I don't have to worry about it. Werner Herzog's got uh, his uh, his pulse on it. And other than Werner Herzog, um, I need to bring someone who's the polar opposite. So who's someone who could, like, be, make it real chipper? Um, hmm. What about a – how about Danny Pudi? Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not bringing anyone who has any sort of scientific merit. I assume if they've gotten me there, it's on autopilot anyway. But I feel like Danny Pudi, I, I feel like I'd have a good talk with Danny Pudi on the way back. He seems, he seems on the right. way back. Yeah. You're definitely coming back. Uh, Herzog, Herzog's not going to talk to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's talked to anybody. You just record it yeah. and be on his way. Uh, yeah. That's funny, yeah, because when I was posed that question the first time, I was like, well, I'd have to take, like, Bill Nye. <laughs> I've, 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 I've met Bill Nye. Uh, I met Bill Nye, and I got to swing dance with him in New York. Did I tell you about that? About that? No, that's probably the most amazing thing ever. I love that guy. He's great. I was so nervous. I'll send you the picture. I was so nervous. I ran into him at a nightclub at, like, 2 in the morning. It was a jazz club. I was drunk, and he walked in with his posse. Uh, and I walked up to the bartender. Who's his posse consist of? How does who does? Oh, it was like it was like it was like a, was like a girl. It was like a girl in her like thirties. So a woman, but relative to him, right? A girl, right? Yeah. Um, um, a woman that was more his age, and like one other guy. And I walked up to the bartender after they walked in, trying not to make a scene because no one reacted. And I said, "Listen, you've realized that like royalty just walked in here, right?" And they go, oh, well, yeah, he comes in like every other week. Just don't tell people where. And I, I can't tell you where this is because I swore I wouldn't say where it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I walk I walk to the back of this bar and there's like a jazz club in the back and a dance floor. And he's cutting a rug with the uh, younger girl. Like he's a really good dancer. And um, I, I just started dancing, you know, like on the floor. It was like me. Uh, me, me and, uh, it was, there was like three couples dancing on the floor, including him and uh, who he was dancing with. And then I got to talk with him. I, I'll send you the picture. It, we were oh, I got to see this. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. All yeah. right. Moving on. Sega or Super Nintendo? Sega Genesis, right? That's the question. Yeah, Sega, Sega Genesis, Genesis. Not the Master System, not the CD. <laughs> well, unless you want to include that in the I Sega know, Genesis. I know, I know, I know the Super Nintendo's better, but I just, I'm such a Genesis boy at heart. Yeah. This is all, this is all, this is all relative, man. I personally would pick the Super Nintendo, but I'm not going to blame you for the Sega. Did I, I, I have such, I have I have such a soft spot. Did I, yeah. so, I have such a soft spot for like Vector Man and like... Yeah. Uh, Sonic Three and like I just, I'm looking at my Genesis games right now and like like Super Baseball 2020 was on both consoles but I preferred yeah. it on Genesis. Um, Kid yep. Chameleon, like I know Kid some Chameleon's of these games a great game. Are, yep. dude, yeah, I love no, Kid I Chameleon. mean, hey, like they say, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Damn you know? <laughs> like Super Nintendo is fantastic. It's it's responsible for so many good things. Right. But Genesis, it's man, such I just, an easy I, mod too. Like I played my <laughs> Famicom games. All I had to do was pull out a piece of plastic. I was like, thank you. That, <laughs> that was awesome. Nice. So waffles or pancakes? Oh man. 
Why is this the hardest question? <laughs> it's a tough um, question. <sighs> waffles. All right. Yeah, waffles. Waffles are legit. I, I feel like I feel like I have them less frequently, um, and maybe that's the only reason. But tomorrow I could wake up and say, what, "Who am I talking about?" Of course, I want to have pancakes. Why did I say bring Danny Pooty to Mars? That's making sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Who would fu- who would win in a fight? Lemmy or God? It's a trick question. Lemmy is God. Yeah, all right. That was a a softball question. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That movie's underrated. That movie has one of the best movies. That movie movie has half the Ghostbusters in it, man. Yeah, and really when it comes down to it, you know, it's like you look at that movie and you're like, hey, God, there's that, there's basketball. Those are the only two movies that matter in life. And uh, (laughs) Dirty Work. Dirty Work's. Oh yeah, dirty work, hands down, <laughs> hands down. In the so <laughs> underrated. And one of my favorite things about that movie was when the press release came out. Artie Lang got a review in the Hoboken Times. Oh, I heard about I, this. Yeah, where where it said Artie Lang has the charm of a date rapist in the movie, <laughs> and <laughs> and God. Norm and, and Norm McDonald looks at him and goes, "Well, you got to look at the bright side, buddy." Uh, at least you got the girl on a date. And, and like, <laughs> classic Norm MacDonald. Like, a guy is so, That's so terrible, I mean, like, but so good. But it's oh, such yeah. a great movie. Can, 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 I, talk, can I get one Dirty Work anecdote in? Yeah. Uh, so, Dirty Work, I bought the Blu-ray the day it came out. Paid way too much money well. for it. Yep. Dude, yep. Uh, so, did you notice the Blu-ray trailer? Like, the high-def trailer. There's a trailer specifically for the Blu-ray release. They show the Men in Black clip from the movie where yeah, Artie and yeah. Norm are playing Men in Black who like to have sex with each other. Yeah, they that's a great. Change the joke. The they change the joke for the Blu-ray trailer, and now it's in a Harry tra- Potter joke. In the trailer? Yeah, it's not in the movie. Up. No, it's not in the movie. Just the trailer to get you to buy oh, the Blu-ray. That's funny. I will yeah. look that up. I'm super interested in looking at I do, I do. I do like that. Like, that's like a real Rorschach test kind of question where you're you just mentioned basketball yeah, airheads yeah. fill in the blank and you could put a gun to my head and i'd go uh dirty work right dirty that work, has to be yeah it. you're, well, like you're definitely evil, yeah you're definitely not saying what about bob um <laughs> that's a great movie too that's my favorite movie. movie i actually have a oh, really yeah, yeah that's my favorite movie i have a autographed poster by the whole cast uh in my man. living room yeah Oh man, I'm dude! A, I, I feel I'm, like I, I feel like a lot of people. Their favorite uh, people, a person's favorite Bill Murray movie says a lot about them. That's well, I mean, it's 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 the combination of Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss that makes that movie. Yeah, um, so you know good. the whole story about th- you know the whole story about them like purposefully avoiding each other on set so they'd have animosity, yeah. right? Yep. So they had actual animosity. Oh yeah, dude. Oh I, there's not much I don't know about that movie. <laughs> I, I my person. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Despite being, despite Ghostbusters like being such a formidable, like important part of my upbringing, uh, upbringing, uh, Groundhog Day is, has to be my favorite Bill Murray. Oh yeah, movie. Groundhog Day. Like, it, 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 it's like it's a Wonderful Life on steroids. It's it's right. It's, it's, a great, it's, it's, it's the a, only the only problem I have with this. I always look at like Annie McDowell and I'm I'm like, man, she's so cute, but she looks like her. She has bad breath. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Is it the way she holds her. her mouth or something? I don't know. Is yeah, it? It like, might be. I'm like, she just looks like she's got bad breath. I don't but, know what it is. But but how great was Ernie McCracken from Kingpin? Oh yeah. I mean, oh dude, that was like that's my I favorite. I mean, Bill Murray. Right Bill there. Murray when he goes out and he works on, if he wants to be a part of it, even his uh, 
was a movie he did with a Zombieland. Zombieland. Oh, Even yeah. his cameo in Zombieland. He filled in Ooh. for Stallone for that. <laughs> he did what? Stallone was supposed to be in it, and he had to bail last minute. He called up the director and Woody Harrelson saying, listen, I, I he was doing some other – I assume it was like The Expendables or something. He's like, I yeah. can't make it. Like, I'm so sorry. I really wanted to do this. And then Woody Harrelson was like, well, I can get Bill Murray. And everyone was like, yeah, that's perfect. Because the yeah. original <laughs> joke was supposed to be it was Stallone doing the exact same joke. And that's oh. a pretty damn – that's pretty damn funny. But like talk right. about like the perfect backup. <laughs> like yo no uh, it was it was great actually James I think I saw that with you yeah in Venice the the night like the week it came out yep it's the best scene of the movie too yeah, yeah. that was great <laughs> Emma, Emma Emma Stone having to play Janine when they're playing Ghostbusters yeah. together <laughs> yeah. my oh, sister no, my sister ghost. was that my sister my sister went through that when we were kids and she, when she saw that movie she called me the minute she got out saying there's a scene in this movie I'm not gonna spoil it for you but you're gonna pretty much get a, a look into your childhood from my point of view, like when we were kids. <laughs> so. Awesome. Oh, what do we got? So if you could be the writer of any sitcom in the 90s, what would it be? So I get to do like one episode? Yeah, you're the writer of um, one episode. Um, I, I've always had a soft spot for married with children and I um. think I, I love thinking back to it. It's hard to watch, uh, not because of the performances or the jokes, um, but purely because of like the, the audience canned laughter stuff that sometimes yeah. it, it just really got in the way. But, um, I think just, um, getting the opportunity to be handed Kathy Seagal, uh, and you know, Ed O'Neill mm. as talents and being told, write whatever you want. Uh, yeah, go for, for those it. two to perform. Like they're, they're they're so funny and so underrated because their 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 performances are almost drowned out by the gaudiness of the, you know, how sleazy the show is presented. But I think they were so damn funny together. I'd love to write an episode of that show. Kevin, if you could be any pro wrestler and you could tag team with somebody, who would it be? Right, so hold on, man. So the question is, if if I could be a pro wrestler, like I have to pick a wrestler, mm. I get to embody. Okay. Yeah, and Man. then you, you then you tag team up with somebody. Who would it be? Oh, jeez. I mean, back in the day, I was I was like every other red blooded American. I was a Hulk Hogan guy, but that doesn't <laughs> feel right anymore. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I took down I'm his pop. So, I his pop I, doesn't I, exist on my wall anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's hard because I'm such a fair weather wrestling fan. I mean, back I mean, like I'm gonna say the most boring stuff. Um, that's a, we'll, we'll take I remember, it. I remember, I, I remember back in the day, like digging Kurt angle. Um, he's back uh, now. Oh yeah. What, what's his yeah. shtick now? What's he's the commissioner of uh raw. I can see it. Well, I yeah. guess I would say, I would say old school, like Olympic medal, Kurt angle would be the one I'd want to embody. Yeah. Um, just cause I thought it was so like, I, I thought that that's my kind of cheese. And yeah. then, um, um, Man, there's so. I don't want to get anything wrong in this. I'm not a huge no, wrestling guy. No, it's I have fine. A bit, I have a bit. I got a bit. I got a bit. In my 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 quiver here. What's his name? The uh, Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah. Oh, I, I, sure. I, why not? Yeah, I I feel like that'd be a fun. That'd be You're fun gonna do too. the worm. Yes, was- of course. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool, man. We'll take it. All so right. Kurt Angle, you embody Kurt Angle, and your tag team partner is Scotty Too Hotty. Done. Yeah. 
That's fine. So, if you could only play one video game for the rest of your life, what would it be? So the cheat answers are things like you know Mario Maker and Little Big Planet. Those are um, cheats. Those are cheats. Yeah. One game we'll for the rest it, of no? my life. Yeah. One game. That's a. What game do I go back to the most? Is it just me, or am I allowed to play it with friends? Uh, it's one game that you can play for the rest of your life. I'm not saying if there are friends around you, so if you want to play it with no, friends, mu- it's mu- fine. Mu- is multi is multiplayer an option? Yes, multiplayer is an option. Yeah, multiplayer is an option. Yeah, Time Splitters three. Which one? Time Splitters three. Oh, Time Splitters! Mm-hmm. Wow. Because anybody who answers that question, Goldeneye or Perfect Dark. They, no. they must they, they must have stopped looking at video games after the year 2000 or something because like the time splitters games are so criminally underappreciated for the amount of dorm room fun they provide and the fact that they have all those amazing challenge modes the, the, mm-hmm. the, the story modes split screen co-op throughout the story uh, co-op challenge maps uh, bot matches a map maker. Um, yeah, the map maker. Like, I love Time Splitter Two. It was one of my favorite games of all time. Two, two's amazing. Two's amazing. Yeah, three, three added just. I feel like three adds just enough on top of two to provide more gameplay. Even if two had the better campaign, uh, well, not the better, the, uh, tighter, a little more refined. Like, I'll put it this way. Uh, you know how like GameCube tended to have the tighter engineered version of any given game on that era of platform like that. Oh yeah. Like, like were, I play Aquaman got, still. Well, like, well, if you got a game that came out on PS2 and a game that came out on GameCube, right? The GameCube game tended to be the one that was like just tighter all around. Not just because of the performance. Yeah. I mean, it was better. It was a year better hardware, but it showed the games would load faster. Time Splitters 2 is kind of like that in that trilogy. Time Splitters 2 ran the best. It was the leanest. Not that it had less to offer than the first game, but it just felt like everything was, so honed in and refined. It felt like an arcade game you could walk up to. Three was just the kitchen sink. You could oh, yeah. make cart. You could make go kart racing tracks in the uh, map maker, and it ran like dog shit. It ran at like twenty frames a second compared to the sixty it was supposed to. Because um, the game didn't care. The EA did not care. EA published the third one, and they just said, "Just do whatever right. the hell you want." So, EA, we've always we we try not to talk too much smack about EA, but yeah. It does happen from time to time. Why is All there right. why is there no Burnout Paradise follow up? EA, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why. All right, Kevin, we're in the round. We're we're coming into the the home stretch here. We got five questions left. Which okay. Ninja Turtle would you be? Leonardo. Uh, this was actually decided at a wedding. I was part oh. of. I was one of the groomsmen for one of my best friend's weddings a few years ago, and right before the ceremony, my buddy Neil pulls me. And a few of our closest friends aside. And uh, it, was a, it was a tender moment. And he goes, listen, guys, um, thank you for sticking with me. Thanks for helping with the wedding. You guys are my best friends. And he opens up his jacket and he pulls out of his breast pocket four of these mint condition. They're from like 1989. These like pins of the four Ninja Turtles. Wow. And he like had picked me as Leonardo and he put Leonardo like on my breast and like on my you know the breast of my shirt and like pinned it in. And so I don't even have to, there's no hesitation. I'm Leonardo. You're Leonardo. No hesitation. Wow. No <laughs> That's hesitation. awesome. Yeah. So what's the hardest video game you've ever beaten? Jeez. Oh, Personally, um, I've had really hard 
I've been really unfortunate with JRPGs over the years in terms of like I've lost game saves. Um, I've had corrupt files, things like that. So it took me a long time to be Persona 4. Um, but I don't know if that's really a, that difficult of a game. It took me over 100 hours because of a game save issue. And the same thing happened with Final Fantasy VIII. I started it when I was 13 and I beat it when I was 27. I oh. love that game, though. <laughs> Dude, Final Fantasy VIII, I love Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have a deep, deep affection for that game. But, but my yeah. favorite art design, my favorite music, the background. It's amazing. I just, I, it's amazing. Um, people love to dump on it. Um, I don't know why. I think it's a great game. It, it followed up seven, right? Like, and seven is like so important, you know, and so good yeah. too. But as far as okay, hardest game I ever beat. Um, this is a real tough question. Yeah. Because um, you go back, you go back, and you play games we grew up with. We were just accustomed to some brutally difficult stuff during yeah, the sophomore years so of three D. Dude, a lot of games that were like, dude, like you go back and play like Vice City. Vice City's fucking hard. Yep. Yeah, like, to, no, to, to beat the campaign. Game. Yeah, some people would make fun of me for that. I'm like, dude, to hell with you. Like, there's no like camera control. <laughs> like, they didn't well, think and, you know, like, right stick for camera until Sanchez. Those people yeah. make it funny. Where the same guys are like, oh, I'm gonna go get five stars. They're not like they're not trying to beat the game. It's yeah, yeah. not, you know. Uh, um, I did beat the original Ghostbusters on NES once. All right, you know um, what, dude? There's no, I don't know anybody who's done that. I've tried it multiple times. What about um? Uh, that might have been with a game genie. I was very young. My friend Tony, um, <laughs> Tony Marino was his name. Uh, we played it back in Kingston. We were kids. We were really young. I, I, I'll say that the runner-up. Okay, as far as like a game, I know I beat. I beat Comic Zone. Wow, um, that game's a tough hard, game. Man. Yeah, it's a really hard game. It's so starts punitive. off really soft, and then all of yeah. a sudden, the difficulty like, really increases. <laughs> don't punch anything; it'll hurt you. <laughs> like literally, the action of punching something depletes your health in that game. Yeah, it's crazy. So Comic Zone, yeah. Comic Zone, rad. That's good. Did I ask a question? No. Who I asked the question? Did you? I, oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, edit, got lost. I got lost. Uh. So, all right, Kevin, what is your go-to junk food combo? Like if I was to go to the store right now and I just needed a junk food fix? Yep. Um, I Honestly, I usually get a 20-ounce of Diet Coke, uh, a Reese's Fast Break, and Ooh. a small bag of Mesquite Barbecue Kettle uh, Lay's chips. Ooh. Just like, all in one shot? Delish. That's my, that's my, like, if I'm trying to stay up late and finish, like, you know, another two hours in eco or something like that, or like mm-hmm. uh, marathoning through something, like, that's usually, when I go to the store, I'll do a couple laps, and that's almost always what I end up with, is like a small bag of barbecue chips, a 20 ounce of Diet Coke, and a Reese's Fast Break. I, I can get down with the Fast Break. The Diet Coke would literally kill me, but... <laughs> I can get down with a fast break. I would I would substitute the the coke with the with like some kind of really garbage code red dew or something like that. Yeah, it's got way more caffeine in it, man. Mountain Dew is known for the caffeine. Yeah, no, that stuff like makes me sick. Now the older I get, I can't drink it, but I'll 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 do it occasionally. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to cut back on soda in general, but like Diet Coke, like when I want a soda, it's like I'm I'm that kind of idiot that convinces himself that Diet Coke makes it easier to digest food and stuff. Like I'm like, oh yeah, this makes it easier to eat pizza. It's way better than water. Dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually allergic to aspartame. 
Oh, there you go. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> it's saved. It's it's saved me so many uh, weird empty calories that shouldn't exist in my body. So <laughs> there um, you go. So uh, all right. <laughs> who is your favorite comic book <laughs> character? And what is their biggest flaw? My favorite comic book character. Yeah. Right now, I've been really into the Invader Zim comics that have been coming out. Um, I I loved Yonan Vasquez stuff growing up. And uh, he wrote a few of issue, few issues of it, um, but you know I, I know people are going to turn off your podcast and hear this. I'm I'm a huge Superman guy. Um, cool, okay. Superman's awesome. Superman's biggest flaw, in uh, in terms of weakness, it's he's overly empathetic, which you know puts him in situations where like his humility becomes a problem, or his he's I wouldn't say gullible, but his desire to see the best in people can result in some big problems, especially when you're dealing with people that just simply don't have that humanity to them. Superman's mm. biggest flaw is that, and my favorite flaw of his is when he, I don't know if you'd call it vanity, but when he forgets um, that he's just a single actor in, in a certain, in a stage of a story, like when, when Superman will, um, forget people can get the best of him when like, you know, mm-hmm. he'll just be, he'll walk into a situation blindly. Um, like, um, you guys ever watch the animated series, the Bruce Tim Paul Dini stuff in the nineties? Yeah. No, I can't stand Superman, but I'm sure, I'm sure James has. Did you watch the bat? Did you watch the Batman show though? I did watch the Batman show for sure. The, the Batman, the Batman Superman crossover is spectacular. Uh, world's mm-hmm. finest. And they do it. They do it. They, there's a beat where he, Superman, uh, has to rescue Lois from the Joker. And um, that scene kind of like shows that flaw soup to nuts. Um, maybe a better example would be in Justice League when um, there's an early episode when uh, the whole team's dealing with, uh, you know, like some crisis and Superman just starts kind of trying to tackle every problem on his own. And he does like 75 percent of the work, like anything he does, he does satisfactorily. But mm-hmm. if he just would work as a team player, uh, things would get done quicker and safer. And, and as a filmmaker, I see that in myself when I'm on set, uh, I have to accept a role. Uh, even if I think I might know, even if I have this instinct, I, I, I just know, you know, in quotes, I just know it's going to be a better way of doing it. I have to learn to trust people. Uh, because if I don't, you get an inferior rushed product. Um, story always suffers uh your relationships with your co-workers suffer um so i see that in superman sometimes like you know like i i like th- those moments are th- the kind of things people take for granted that a character like him can only afford in a story like when wolverine gets arrogant i don't care like i love wolverine i like i love this the character X-Men. yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, i love the x-men but like it doesn't superman is like the greek embodiment of some of those ideas depending on who's writing him right right um, but I, I guess those would be the two big problems with Superman that I love like those those type of uh issues that he in, in terms of inner conflict so yeah it's like when you pick out a superhero or 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 even any type of comic book character you have to accept them that's why I like that question it's always like who's your favorite and what's their biggest flaw because you're like <laughs> you have to accept their flaws if you if you love them the way you well, that's do why, that's what when people say like I love Batman because he's so human, I'm like I, I don't think you get Batman. I, like because the whole no. point is that he's trying so hard to abandon his humanity. Human. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and Superman's trying so hard to be human, and like 
like that's like what makes his story so great to me is like the like the xenophobic message and him reminding us of ourselves like oh this is how lucky we have it we're entitled uh, you know I, I'm a big fan of War of the Worlds uh, and Superman mm-hmm. is kind of a reflection of that story in a lot of ways and uh, you know if, as like a Superman fan outside of like the character flaws he's supposed to have in terms of like writing problems. I am stupefied, stupefied by how frequently Hollywood just writes him as like this Greek God that can't Mm. be stopped because he, that's like, that wasn't him for like a century. Like, you know, he, like he was like a tank could kill him. (laughs) Like, do you guys remember how Superman died in the nineties? Do you remember how he died? He got punched. (laughs) <laughs> he got beat up. He got beat up by basically the Hulk. It wasn't some yeah. crazy yeah. like magic asteroid made of kryptonite. He just got punched into submission. And it bothers me to see like you guys, Batman versus Superman. He takes a nuclear bomb to the face and two minutes later he's back in action. Yeah. And I remember like wanting to throw my popcorn up in the air. Like what, 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 where do we go from here with this guy? Like this is impossible. I don't care. I waited care in anymore. line for that death of Superman. I waited in line that morning at Chris's comics in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was, that was something to read, man. When that happened, that was really crazy. There, there were like, there were like top 10 pop songs on the radio about Superman that year because of the death of him. And like, we can yeah. make fun of the fact it was a slug match all we want, but man, it's like, it's like hard to like, you know, in a world where like Kurt Cobain had committed suicide yep. and like mm. the Oklahoma city bombing was going down and like people really thought like moral decay was setting in to read a comic book called the death of Superman. You know, like it was, there were like crash test dummy songs coming out. Like, man, Superman was pretty cool, huh? It's too bad people yeah. aren't like him anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so like, I, I, people aren't even relatable anymore. <laughs> like, it's yeah, done. Well, it's, it's like, it's like, I, it's like, I mean, I'm like a Dick Tracy fan, man. Like, I, I love, love Dick oh, Tracy, yeah. dude. I Sometimes love you, Dick Tracy. Dude, like I'll when Dick Tracy walks into a room seeing someone picking on a kid. And he says, hey, tough guy. And the guy turns around and he knocks him in the face. Like, that's like, yeah, sometimes that's what I want. Like, I don't always want a funny white guy named Chris. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I want like, you know, like the square jaw, like Hal Jordan kind of dude. Yeah. That, that, hence why I, like, I, have, I have the watch. I'll have to show you uh, the next oh, time. Oh, that's I badass. Yeah. Hence why I'm a Leonardo guy or like a Cyclops guy. Like, that's like my sometimes I just I want that person or like Storm. You know, I, I really like the people who went through some attrition to become like the, the, the people who have some seasoning to them, who have like the experience, a little bit more disciplined as well. It seems like with Leonardo or, or Scott yeah, yeah. Summers or something like that. So yeah, and I totally understand those characters suck without the Raphael's and like the gambits and such to work off. Like I totally, I, I I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fool. Like those characters sure. can't exist in a vacuum or they're boring, you know? Well, it's a character dynamic, you know, there are independent Raphael comics you one thing that you don't really see is like you wouldn't really see a Michelangelo comic. I'm sure they've made them, but I can't imagine that they're interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what he would struggle with. <laughs> exactly. It'd be like, oh, I can't wait to read the new Slimer comic, which I do have like all seven issues of. That's not the <laughs> <Slimer>. point. <laughs> Slimer comic was great, by the way. Uh, but all right, Kevin, last question. When it's all said and done at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? What do I want people to know me for? Um, yeah. Hmm. It's deep. It's a deep question. It's a hard question. Um, I want people to 
come from something they've watched of mine and obviously the, you know, the, the first, the easiest answer is to feel better about themselves, to laugh and have a good time. I make a lot of goofy stuff with my friends. Um, but I like for people to, um, find something they can relate to another person in the room through. Um, I love transcendent entertainment and art, uh, which is why I love things like X-Men because there's so many perspectives in that piece. And I think it's so undeniable who the good guys and the bad guys are. And even when I, I'm going off an X-Men now cause I love it so much, but I guess I just <laughs> love to, I love to, I want to make material, uh, that, uh, allows people to connect with one another um, through a part of themselves maybe they didn't know existed before. Like, I'm sure you guys have had that moment where you watch a movie and by the end you realize, oh, that's like now one of my favorite movies. Like the first time I yeah. saw Rocky, you know, I remember watch, finishing it and I was like, oh my God, like I this, this is a part of myself I understand better now. And I knew countless other people who loved Rocky and I could talk to them about it. I want, I want, I would love to create something like that for people. Awesome. All right. Yeah, that's where it's at, man. Uh, I mean, like, I think at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to do, right? Is just make an impact on somebody's life positively. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a just like, I mean, that's if we can all just live our life that way, that'd be fantastic, right? It's a noble thing to do. Um, <laughs> Give yourself for someone. You know, so. So, uh, Kevin, where can we reach you on social media? How can we get updates about what you're what you're going to be doing next? Uh, if you go to um, so on Twitter, I'm at Kevin the James, like Billy the Kid, Frosty the Snowman. I'm Kevin the James on Twitter, and uh, if you go there, like I po- I'll be posting updates about the video game store documentary, not for resale. Um, no joke, I think I just got retweeted by Randy Pitchford out of nowhere while we were recording this, which is kind of crazy. Oh, cool. The guy, the guy Gearbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where you can find me. Uh, and if like I ever have any new videos or comedy sketches or bits about the documentary, it's going to end up on my Twitter account. So that's like the best place to go for that stuff. Well, I'll start following you on Twitter then. Cool beans. Or, uh, you'll just see me talking to edge a lot. That's all I do on our Twitter <laughs> and posting. <laughs> it took me like- years to really wrap my head around Twitter. And now I'm wondering if I'm supposed to get an Instagram or not. I'm not even that old. I'm 30. Yeah, I just sound like, I, I, just I actually like my Instagram. I was shocked. Uh, the people who are on it, I just post a picture of me playing like, you know, like the other day I posted a picture of me playing brutal sports football on the Atari Jaguar. And oh, this yeah. guy was like, this guy was like, dude, I love that game. And I'm like, who loves this game? Like, who? <laughs> who's the guy? Like, I met the guy, the guy who this game was made for. I finally met it. Yeah. We were, talk- we were talking back and forth. Like, you know, there are people who spent years of their life developing these games. It's like, yo, he's like, what'd you do? He's like, oh, I made Thief. He's like, what'd you do? He's like, oh, I made a Katsumi Ninja. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like, like what? Oh, dude, what? I-, I once tweeted something about how much I loved Twisted Metal 2. And, um... A couple of weeks one later, of the best. I, I got a package in the mail from David Jaffe and wow. the, all the people working on the new Twisted Metal, and it was a Sweet Tooth figure. They had signed the box. Like, all of them had signed it. And uh, what ended up happening was they got my address through PlayStation Underground or something. And um, Jaffe was just, like, taken. I, I just wrote something about how, like, Twisted Metal 2, like, was the first split-screen co-op game I ever played and how that allowed me to, like, sync so much time into a video game with a friend and I never gotten to do that before. It was always like you take a turn, I take a turn. And yeah. uh, 
I, I personally, I loved that 2012 Twist and Metal game. I, 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 know, I know it was like... Oh, it was amazing. The one so that was compli- just three stories? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I could oh. tell, like, it was like... It, the controls were probably a little too complicated for a newcomer to pick up and play. Mm. But as a Twisted Metal fan, I just, it was exactly what I wanted out of that oh, game. I was a big fan of that game. I mean, just the, uh, just the, the beauty of the storytelling in it was amazing. I mean, just right off the bat with the Sweet Tooth, that was the first story, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that the Sweet Tooth, Dollface. Yeah, yeah. And Dollface's story was, oh, it was just, it was really good. And kind of gave you that background, that feeling and understanding of like where these guys came from and how disturbing their background life is and why they're in this world. It's pretty, it's pretty rad stuff. I mean, it's no Carmageddon. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or Rogue (laughs) Trip. Do you remember Rogue Trip? No, I don't want to know about that. Do should I buy that? Is that something I need? Uh, Uh, There's like, there's a whole bunch in that wheelhouse, like critical depth. Like, the, I mean, obviously Vigilante 8. I, I loved all that stuff growing up. Uh, Death Drive. That was another one. That one was pretty bad. Death Drive? Was that a movie? Wait, wait. That might have been a movie. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much for joining yeah, us on you, this man. section of our podcast, dude. It was so much fun learning about what you're doing. I can't wait to see more stuff. Uh, well, thanks, man. James and, yeah, dude. It was great, dude. Thank you. Uh, well, James and really I fun. cool, man. Well, good. Then we'll have you back on. Um, especially when we have like, you know, what's when you're, when you're moving stuff up and then you can boost our numbers. Uh, <laughs> totally. yeah, no, no, for real. Dude, like I, 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 I've Randy Pitchford retweeted me and like no one reacted to it. It's hard to get noticed with this stuff. Like I'm like, Oh dude, Randy Pitchford, he has like half a million followers on uh, 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 Twitter. And like one person liked the tweet and like, that's it. Isn't that weird? <laughs> You it's know, so I always see that we have like we have five thousand people who follow us on Instagram, and I'm like, yo, I got five thousand followers on Instagram. Like, my last picture got six likes and a thumbs up in the comments, and you're like, dude, what is going That's, on, dude? My dude, we <laughs> uploaded a video called Mr. Basement to YouTube, and the YouTube I love, I love on. that video. Yeah, dude, I think it's five hundred and five thousand subscribers, thirty five thousand hits. I yeah. don't understand it. Like, I don't understand. Like, how does it not immediately have a million hits? Like, I don't know. I know there's fake accounts and stuff, but that's like a punitively. <laughs> that's like a that's punitive. A big jump. How, yeah. Like, come on. What's going on here? Why is, well, so. I've seen some of the stuff that Neil puts out and he's in the 39 million views with some of that. The What's the Harry Potter stuff that he did? That's the Potter crazy. Pels, yeah. It feels yeah. like you just have to make a reference. You just have to make a reflection off of like whatever's hot at the time. And like yeah. Mr. Basement is 100% original cheese and that's not good enough. Like that's nobody like, likes not. Yeah. Stop so being that's original. Our, you yeah. Like we're making like us, dude. dude. We're making our lawnmower man movie this Friday. So hopefully people like that. We're going to, it's going to take advantage of a PlayStation VR and a smoke machine. <laughs> uh, wow. It's, it's going to take advantage of it. It's like, going to be called. Say- okay. This is the title. You guys ready for it? I'm excited. Yeah. It's called. The Lawn Mowing Man. Oh, <laughs> not to get sued. <laughs> Which is, it's, the, the title card is going to say, based on The Lawnmower Man from 1992. Which is not based on The Lawnmower Man by Stephen King. <laughs> that's the title of the movie. Like that's like the title card. This really convoluted title it's card. A, that's awesome. Like, it sounds like a Fiona Apple album cover. Um, 
She goes on for days. Oh, did you hear her first album? GCTDWWCCIA. Dude, stop with the initial. I don't know what you're talking about. If you're oh, not man. Fiona Apple, I don't give a damn. Well, anyways, thank you for joining <laughs> yeah, thanks, us, man. man. And uh, and we will we will talk to you soon. Can't wait to check out that stuff. James and I are gonna go into the break, but not before a public service announcement brought to you by you should play this in the ad council. Addiction comes in many forms, sometimes with us and sometimes with family members, and it's never easy to deal with. What you or your loved one is going through ends up affecting more than just them, but also the people around them. There is help, and it is easy to get, and it's helped many of my loved ones and close friends, and it just might help you. All you need to do is call 888-744-0069 and see what might be right for you. These operators are standing by and are here to help. Everyone needs a one-up every now and again. And sometimes that's all you need to get to the next level. All right, folks, we're going to go into the break with Power Glove, and we'll be right back with our PPR. Woo! such a treat today oh yeah i was waiting for this I game to come out for such dude, a long time so good i love behemoth yeah oh james will you tell the wonderful folks at home what the ppr of the day is by the way folks in case you haven't heard us in a while the ppr is when we pick a game we play a game and we review a game and we do it just for you and definitely this time we did it for us yes james the ppr of the day is Pit people! Yes, it is. Pit people, pit people. Oh, I've been dying to play this game. Oh, I'm upset it's not on my PlayStation 4, but that's okay. I know. Right. What's up with that, okay. man? Well, I'm, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's I, coming. I played it on the PC, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I started on the Xbox One, and I hated it so much. Uh, not not the game, the Xbox One that I, I sold it to a friend for half the price, okay. and then I bought it on the PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh I sold it for half the price, and I I went out and bought um Microsoft logos, and then I just threw them off of a roof. <laughs> it's just a it's my. I would have done it with the Xbox, but he really wanted it, so. Uh, Pit People is on Xbox One and PC. 
Um, and I have had the privilege of playing on both of them. Xbox One's version isn't as far along as the PC version, which is kind of cool because as soon as I, I bought it on the PC, it was like there was more stuff going on. So I was really excited about that. Um, it's just another one of those games yeah. by Behemoth. Uh, those guys, like, they never, they never miss a mark. They really, they really, like, when they put out a, a title game uh, for the download market, they do such a great job. Um, and this one is just another one. It's, you know, a, a turn-based strategy role-playing game. And uh, you want to get right into the ratings? For sure, man. Let's do it. All right, cool, man. I'm ready. Uh, graphics, James, what'd you give it? Oh, wow, man. I gave it an eight. I really dug these graphics, man. They are definitely cartoony, but they, they're done so well. I mean, the, uh, I was, I was going to say, this is probably one of my favorite, like kind of this style of graphic, you know, cartoony RPG, you know, the color palette, everything's great about it. I mean, I, I can't, I couldn't ask for more. I mean, this was, Oh dude. I agree. So bright. I gave it an eight as well. Oh, nice. Uh, what I what I like about it is that it's like it's got that real cell shade feel to it, like that real sharp, cartoony cell shade yep. graphic to it, and it's so visually stimulating that like you never get sick of the movements, and like just when you think you're gonna be tired of a move set, you know, you get other characters coming right in and doing really neat. Uh, different animations and uh, every character reacts differently. And I really, I really, really liked it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just a beautiful game right off the bat. For sure. Uh, gameplay, James, hit me. Um, you know what? I gave it another eight. I mean, it's, uh, All right. dude, I mean, it's, it was such a pleasure to play. I mean, my favorite part is trying to figure out how to capture the, like you're fighting a group of people and you got to like capture the one guy you want to get on your team. So you got to like kill everyone else and then <laughs> go in there and throw the net on them. I mean, that was just like, I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Being able to, yeah, I agree, man. I got, I gave it an eight as well. Uh, there's so many different like small forms of gameplay within it too. You know, you've got the adventure, you've got the storyline, you've got the ability to grind and all those things like they really, those really create a perfect role playing game yep. in my eyes. Like if you can grind for a bit and kind of mindlessly go about it, uh, it's awesome. If you can, if you, if you want to follow the storyline straight through the one thing that I really liked about this game is you didn't have to grind in order to follow the storyline. Like you could work your strength up by doing the storyline. That's what I did. Um, I just played the straight storyline and I was just loving it in the story. And you know, that's cool, man. But I grinded for a while uh, on the Xbox version because the storyline wasn't available yet. And as soon as the storyline became available, um, I had transferred to the, uh, you know, the PC so at that point, I was like, ah, crap, I don't have my super strong, <laughs> strong grinded characters yet. So I that's how I discovered that you could just follow the storyline without grinding, you know, um, and just being able to adventure and find different characters and go around that map uh, is really it's just great. So, yeah, gameplay eights all around. No issue with that. Soundtrack, James, hit me. Uh, I gave it an eight. It was uh, this is this is the game of eights for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, dude. It was Crazy just, eights. dude. It was just the music was awesome. I thought like 
I mean, I know the voice acting wasn't really, they weren't saying anything. It was kind of like just garble, but it was just fun because all the characters had their unique, you know, voices. And uh, I don't know, the, the the effects, everything, everything was just top notch. So a solid eight for me. All right. You calling it eight. I'm calling it a nine. I'm jumping up. Oh. And here's why. <laughs> Uh, I'm jumping it up a bit, and here's why. First off, I love the music, and I think yeah. whoever they have doing the music uh, for these games is a genius. He just, like, it, it, the music is so well done. And, um, you know, yeah, the voice acting in the game is like, blah, 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 but, like, the narrator. Yeah, oh, yeah, that part. That, yeah. <laughs> the narrator is, the guy's voice is just so good. It's like, it's just like that, you know, it's hard to like, to comprehend, like he does the voice in um, whatever their last release that was so much fun to Battle Block Theater. Yeah. He did the same voice. He was the narrator for a lot of that stuff. And, you know, like, ah, like that character. It's so good. And like, I, I didn't get sick of his voice. So I love the narrator. I love the music. Yeah. And the combination of all that stuff really kind of the voice acting was really good. It was excellent with that. So gave it a nine soundtrack nine. James storyline hit me. I gave that one a nine. I thought the storyline was pretty close to perfect. It was fun. It was sad. I mean, you know, you, 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 the first thing in the game is, you know, your son gets killed and you, you start out on this adventure. Uh, so right from the beginning, it kind of like gave me a, like he doesn't pull on those tear jerking, you know, because, you know, when you have a kid, you know, you think about these things. He's fine. He's up in space. Everything's okay. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. So I thought that was, you know, an important part. And then, you know, just the adventure, the way the storyline unfolds. Um, I mean, it's just, it's good because, like, as you play the game from the first, it's kind of like you're just playing the tutorial and you don't even feel like you're playing a tutorial. It's just kind of like they just kind of jump you into the game and you're just, you're so enwrapped in the story that it, it just, you just keep going and going and going. This is one of those games that, you know, when I first opened it up, it was like the first night it was like, you put your head onto the computer, you know, you're looking at the computer and then all of a sudden five hours later, you're like, Whoa, I need to like, uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> cause you get so enthralled. So I think, I think, uh, I gave it a 10. Whoa. Um, score. I know. <laughs> I gave it a perfect score for storyline. You know why? <laughs> yes, a 10. Um, here's why. There's multiple reasons that go into the 10 score. Um, the same reason Doom got a 10 on a couple of things. And the same reason why Overwatch got a 10 on a couple of things. The, the reason why is when you've got a crew that's working as hard as they work to put minor small details in that may or may not make the game. For somebody who who plays the game like this much, they're going to love this, you know, the little details for somebody who plays the game that much. They're going to love the little details. I, as far as I'm concerned, the storyline is completely flawless because yes, it does start with the whole entire, uh, sad beginning. Uh, and as you continue forward into the game, you see less sad beginnings. You see that it's, it's all kind of a joke and, and I think that's what makes these things so good. And there is like dark moments in the game, oh, yeah. as there it's are a lot of dark every humor. <laughs> single. It's a lot of dark humor. And but Behemoth games are all about dark yep. humor. They're about adorable characters in extremely dark humor. Kind of like kind of uh, like that Happy Tree Friends stuff a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's Dory, a little bit like cute. that. Yeah, you know, I mean, Battle Block Theater had a lot of dark humor. Uh, you know, Castle Crashers had a lot of dark humor. Alien Hominid had a lot of dark humor. So going back from, you know, the beginning of their big 
published titled games. They have tons of other games in between. But going back from those, like, yeah, man, those some <laughs> some really good dark humor, really good story uh, telling, really good writing. Um, I give it a 10. Multiplayer, James, hit me up. I give it a 7. Um, I didn't play around too much with it. I kicked it a couple of times, but I just found myself just wanting to play by, you know, just play by myself. So, but from what yes. I've seen, you know, there was a little bit of technical problems, but, you know, we played the game early on, so I'm sure they're going to iron out right. all of that. Yep, and um, they have ironed out uh, some of the, I gave it an 8. And um, I don't know if you saw, but within the first week that the game came out, uh, if you go back on the You Should Play This Facebook page, I spent a whole entire day making sure that I was number one on the day. Uh, on Xbox Live, I was number one in the uh, multiplayer. I, I hit number one. I actually beat the guy by about 2,000 points. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, which is crazy if you think about it because you get about 53 points a match. Yeah. So so I beat the guy by a very high margin, and I made sure I just kept playing. He would try to catch up with me occasionally, but between the two of us, we had beaten everybody else by a couple thousand, regardless. See that? So, um, Behemoth, you listening, man? That's your number one, you know, player right there, Jeff. <laughs> I, I worked my butt off. There's not, there's, there's, and and you know what? I think everybody playing video games, they should always try their best. But if you're going to go out, and you're going to go out to conquer a score or a record, you play. Until you can't play no mo. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, I put I put like a solid thirteen hours on that game that day. Dang. Um, and that's just that day. Um, I have a I have a rule where I have to play the game a minimum of at least five hours. And uh, I I I mean I knocked that out <laughs> with this game. Oh yeah. The first day I had it. Uh, so. Uh, overall, I give the game an 8.75, almost a nine. My, mine's an eight. So this is definitely in the, uh, the creme de la creme. 8.5 for the, you should play this. Yeah. 8.5 for the, you should play this universe. That's a good one. Yep. That is a good score. Pick up this game. Uh, I, oh yeah. Pick up this game. No question. Pick up this game and, and try to play us online. You know, bring it on. I'm not, I'm not as scared of you. Uh, no, it's like one of the best games, like without a doubt. Um, God, Behemoth, just keep play, keep making some of the best games you can possibly make. You know, yep. I just, I, I loved every second of it. Um, but yeah, I think maybe we should, we should get into the next break. I don't know about you. Yeah, and uh, we've got a public service announcement brought to you by You Should Play This in the Ad Council. So let's check that out. Everyone needs a helping hand from time to time. We don't always possess the ability to answer big questions on our own. When you are hurt or confused about what happens around us, sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But believe me, there is one. If you're like one in four people in the world, you suffer from a form of depression and you're definitely not alone. To get help, it's simple. Call 1-800-273-8255. They answer 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Or go to their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org and live chat with a representative. Everyone needs a one-up every now and again. And sometimes that's all you need to get to the next level. 
All right, folks, we're heading into the break with Lame Genie, and we'll be right back with the ring review. Bam! And I'm a certified gamer and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Dose of the PC Exposer. And he'll outgame you and outbrain you, and you can't teach that. Give it to him a bomb! Bada boom, here comes the ring review. How you doing? One, two, three! All right. <laughs> nice. Enzo and Cass kind of taking a step back, though. Yeah. Recently, Enzo and Cass kind of taking a step back, and that's because uh, because of that amazing WrestleMania moment. I mean, we haven't done a ring review in a while. Oh, that's, yeah. and we've missed a couple pay-per-views, but that WrestleMania moment, baby, when the Hardy Boys came back to WWE and won the tag team belts, it was uh, one of the most amazing. Well, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> It was like one of the most amazing things. We had an awesome group of people over here. We had about 12 people sitting in the living room. We had a couple people, uh, you know, in the in the kitchen watching on the other monitor. We had a really good group in here. And um, yeah, everybody was just, they jumped up out of their seats when they saw the Hardy Boys come out. And, you know, that's that's exciting stuff because they've had, they've been everywhere. Yep. And uh, it's crazy what's going on with TNA with them, huh? Dude, uh, yeah. What I mean, dude, they're they're losing everything. I don't know what's going on. It's it's like one guy after another is is jumping ship from TNA, but like TNA has the audacity to try to like they started off with a small lawsuit with the Hardys, yeah. and then like that got dismissed, and they like they also you know they also you know sued Billy Corgan. And, you know, like, I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. I'm a big Billy Corgan Me fan. Too. But Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan's got some comeuppance going for them. There's rumors out there that he's uh, buying NWA right now, which is hmm. going to be crazy. If he buys that and turns it around, I mean, they're deep in debt and there's a lot of problems with them. But if he does what he wanted to do with TNA, with NWA, stuff's going to get real, real oh, quick. Yeah. But... TNA is now currently suing the Hardys for the broken Hardy brand. Oh, dude, not a good move. Not a good move. Especially now they're signed to the WWE. I mean, they've mm -hmm. got some big guns behind them. That's the thing, man. Like, if you were going to do it, I would have done it while they were under Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. But now they're in the WWE, and now you're talking about Vince McMahon money. This isn't... When Vince... Like, regardless of what kind of person Vince McMahon is when you leave the company, when you're in the company... McMahon has you under that umbrella. Yeah, he takes care of you. He's not afraid to defend you. It's it's up, dude. It's his it's his livelihood. Mm -hmm. He could be wrong, 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 but he will outsue you because he's got the cash, <laughs> and he and that's what and that's just the way he is. Um, it's 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 pretty crazy. I I wouldn't have done that. I I wouldn't. I Jeff Jarrett's an idiot. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. You know. 
Yeah. But enough about TNA and enough about the Hardys because we got backlash coming up. It's coming out on my birthday. Oh, yeah, it's coming up. I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh. You know what I want this year? What's that? Nothing. What a day of silence. Oh, yeah. The older uh, you get, man, the more it's just like all you want is like a good beer and just to kick back and not have a complicated day. <laughs> no, Aaron's Aaron's forcing us to go to Fun Spot, which is fine. Yeah. I love going to Fun Spot. It's not like a forced thing, but I got to drive. It's a beautiful drive, though, man. I mean, I mean you, you know. Fun. It's a nice, I, yeah, I know. So, but we're going up on Saturday. We'd be there all day Saturday. We'd play some video games. We'd get some, eat some crappy food. Yeah, was that, was It'll that be place fun. across the street? It was a... Uh, the Looney yeah, Bin. The Looney Shout bin. out to the Looney Bin. Uh, uh, I love the Looney Bin. So the Looney Bin's like kind of a, a like a, a like a rusty biker bar. And um, the bartender loves me every time i go in there i walk through the door and she's like you're my favorite flatlander and i'm like oh thanks like is that the owner's wife uh, that's that's the owner's wife i don't i have no idea who it is but flatlander if you don't know what a flatlander is that's like mountain people speak for city boy uh you know and i'm like i don't know if i'm i'm yeah, I don't know if I per se a city boy, but that's fine. I'll take it. I mean, you know, I'm a city boy compared to them, no question. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but I did grow up in the woods. Yeah. If you think about that's it, you know, a small South Shore town. There's no, there's, there's. We have one stoplight in the whole entire town. Still do. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh, it's not exactly, it's not exactly the city. But anyways, um, yeah. Shout out to the Looney Bin. Love the Looney Bin. And, uh, oh, as a side note, since we're talking about wrestling, shout out to Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Duke. Um, you know, uh, we had WrestleGamia. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, WrestleGamia 17, uh, where I uh, soundly defeated Duke. Um, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun to work with Duke. And, you know, on his show... Uh, you know, when he's on, we do the kayfabe reality, but really working with him and uh, Mike, it's it's been so much fun to work with these guys. And we have a lot more stuff in store for you because we always have a good time on the podcast and we always have a good time going back and forth with each other. Yeah, so, watch you guys on Facebook. Uh, shout out to that, That's where I, I, I get your uh, guys' feed. I always <laughs> yeah, like see the, the, yeah, the back We were forth. having fun. <laughs> Dude, he was, he was brutal. There were like, he was like hitting me with stuff. And I was like, Duke, like... <laughs> Come on, man. Like, cause like, it wasn't just like, I don't care if you're going to make fun of me and take my picture and make me look like an idiot. Like I get that kind of stuff. Like I get that's how it works. But then like, you know, he'd be like, he'd put something up and my mom would comment on it. And then he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, Mrs. Tiberi, don't worry. Under, under, <laughs> under the Duke, all, all women love the Duke. And like, you're like, dude, don't talk to my mom like that. Dude, like, like come on, Duke. That's absurd. <laughs> But uh, uh, rock on, Duke. <laughs> you know, thanks so much for for doing this, and and we really are excited to do more stuff. He's he's coming up to Fun Spot with us, um, so that'll be a good time. Yeah. Um. That being said, let's get into the next pay per view that's coming up. Backlash. Yeah. It's a SmackDown pay per view. We got some predictions. What are we thinking here? We're gonna what's. What, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure what they're doing with the woman's belt on this. Yeah, me either. Like, even after watching SmackDown this week, I'm, like, confused. I'm like, are they doing, what are they doing? Like, a six, like, it seems like Daniel Bryan's obsessed with the concept of a six 
pack challenge. Like every other thing, he's like, I was doing three on three, six pack challenge. This, it's like I, it's like it's like listening to Teddy Long. Like you're going in a tag match against the Undertaker. It's the same thing over and over again. And you're like, all right, what what are they doing? They just acquired Charlotte Flair. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like she's she. Are they making her face? What I mean? What do you think? You think they're gonna make her face? Like what? What's uh, going on with this? They might, but then uh, I bet they'll they'll heal her back up. I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess she is the the daughter of the dirtiest player in the <laughs> game. Sure. Um, you know, if 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 you're gonna you're gonna, I don't know. It's just a weird work. They got they got Naomi. They've got you know Becky and and Charlotte doing this really weird three pack thing. Maybe right after the match, Charlotte, like, they'll win, and Charlotte's going to, like, knock Naomi over and hit Becky over and be like, I'm the queen, and everybody's going to boo her, or she's going to see the... I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, she works best as a heel, though. There's no yeah. question about that. Um, And I will say SmackDown has suffered since Alexa Bliss moved. Uh, there's no question about that. And uh, big ups to Alexa Bliss for being the first women's champion to win both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. Belt. Yeah, that is an achievement. That's awesome. It's awesome. Moving on. Let's talk about what we think the main event of Backlash is going to be. But who knows? With these guys, they could put it on second. Um, Mahal versus Orton. What are we talking about here? Uh, what do you what do you think? James? I, I think Mahal. Uh, you think Mahal? Yeah, yeah. But, you know. All right. <laughs> well, Orton's the champion right now, right? Yeah. And the question is, I mean, the question is, is do they have enough faith in Mahal to have him carry a heel title reign? He got the pin on Randy this past week on, on SmackDown. Okay. Um, it was another six-packs challenge match which is also it makes me laugh every time it's like how many six-pack challenge matches can you have but mahal versus orton mahal has always been looked at as a enhancement talent and this feud with orton has picked up some popularity for him is he gonna come in and take the belt i, I don't know i'm having a hard time you have him though so we're gonna note that you have him i'm gonna <laughs> say that orton keeps the belt just just for the for the sake of disagreeing with you. <laughs> Gee, thanks. I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say that Orton I want to like I would like to see a heel run with Mahal, but I just feel like it'd be so weird for Orton to lose to someone who is an advanced enhancement talent. Well, yeah. Uh compared to I don't know, we'll see yeah, what happens. Say, we'll see, you you we'll know see. what? That's one of the thing. <laughs> That's one of the big things, especially about the way WWE has been with SmackDown compared to Raw. The predictability is way different on SmackDown. Like, it seems like Raw, you can almost call the matches down the line. Yeah. With SmackDown, there's some surprises. Um, so I'm good. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I don't know. Maybe. All right. You know what? I'll agree with you. Mahal. I'll take Mahal. <laughs> we'll go with both, both Mahal. It's hard. It's, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say. All right, so here's a prize fight. You got Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the U.S. Ooh, title. Yeah, this one could go either way. It really could. I mean, all right, so 
AJ Styles was supposed to have the sleeper match at WrestleMania versus Shane McMahon. Turned out being one of the better matches at WrestleMania. Um, that truly did cement him in a way that you you wouldn't you wouldn't possibly think. Kevin Owens also had a phenomenal match at WrestleMania. So, all these things being said, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. I'm going to go with KO. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with KO retaining the title. I'm going to go with KO retaining the title and having them, I don't know, I think it would be a really good slow build uh, for AJ. Um, Or it puts AJ in contention against Mahal. No matter where AJ goes after this match, I don't think he has, I don't think he, if he loses or he wins... I think it's good for him on both sides. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. So if, if if AJ wins, then he gets the U.S. title, and then him and Kevin Owens feud for a little bit. And that'll be great. Yeah, this will be great before SummerSlam. If, oh, absolutely. Before SummerSlam. I mean, SummerSlam, you know, the whole idea is if he if he holds on to it, uh, if, if, if Kevin Owens holds on to it, that's the other thing. If Kevin Owens retains... It could be an extremely slow build for Jericho to have a return match at SummerSlam. You know, Jericho's out touring with Fozzie right now. If you haven't followed Jericho on Facebook, he's out with his awesome metal yep. band touring the world, playing all the <laughs> rad metal fest right now. Man, um, he's been going for over a I'm decade with not that, too. To Boston. <laughs> I think Fozzie. Dude. <laughs> I think that, you know what is funny? Like... I, when I first heard Fozzie, I didn't care for him, but their new album is so good. And like, yeah, I used to do it. I was, Oh, go ahead. I was shocked. <laughs> I was just shocked. I was like, this is a pretty, this is a pretty good, some good songs. Uh, it's got a lot of energy. Which label is he on? You know, like, it's good. I, I remember back in 2002, I had I a little know. heavy metal show in Los Angeles called LA metal. And, and we used to get music videos from all, I think it was, it was either metal blade or, uh, uh, or uh, it was Century Media. It was probably Century Media. They're always sending us stuff. We we got Fozzie's video and we put it on it. We put anything on our show. But it, yeah, it was kind of a it was a kind of a chuckle at the time. But uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but now it's kind of crazy because you look at it as a chuckle at the time, and that, now you're looking at it and you're like, wow. He, especially the new Judas, the new song that just came. I mean, that song hit number one in uh, metal on iTunes the day it came crazy. out, and was number four. <laughs> In rock and roll. Who would have thought that would have happened? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, so, hey, good for good for yep. Jericho. So that being said, if if Kevin Owens retains, I don't really see them putting him against any other talent other than I mean, because they got Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn. He's not going to. He's get if they do a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn brawl again, it's gonna be short lived because the last one lasted uh maybe one match too long. And um it, it was good, but it'd be tough. So if they're gonna do it and they keep Kevin O retains, it's going to be a build up for months for Jericho to come back. And they're gonna do all sorts of cute little hidden things like Jericho popping up in the crowd, you know, in between tour dates. And and that will be fun stuff for them, you know yeah. what I mean? Um so either way, either opponent, if they win or lose, uh, they'll be fine. Like it's not gonna hurt their um it's not gonna hurt their momentum. 
It's not going to hurt their um, look and it's not going to hurt their title reign like expectations. So I don't know if I'm going to go. I'll go with Kevin Owens. I'll go. With Kevin Owens retains. What do you think, James? Yeah, I'll go with Kevin Owens, too. Yeah, you go. With Kevin Owens, too. All right. We're two for two. <laughs> All right. We're two for two. We're two for two. Uh, tag match. And like, honestly, like I didn't even realize this, which is kind of funny. I watch SmackDown every week. I watch the pay-per-views. I watch Raw. I love wrestling. I'll watch it all the time. Uh, I forgot uh, that the Usos had the tag belts. Yeah. Like, I forget week to week that they're tag title champions. Which kind of goes to show you what they might have missed with Heath Slater and Rhino keep maybe keeping them a little bit longer might've been a better move. Um, but Hey, they moved those guys up to the, to the flagship show. Maybe that was the right move. I don't know. Um, so we got the Uso, the Usos versus Breezango. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I would say probably Usos, I, you know, Big Samoan guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Here's the thing. I I don't not like any of these wrestlers. I actually like I like Jimmy and Jey Uso, and I like Tyler Breeze, and I like uh, Fandango. Um, I just don't know what's going on with their gimmicks right now. The Usos are doing this, like, weird gangster thing where they're ripping off minor parts of... Uh, of Enzo and Cass's gimmick, like in the process. And then you've got, uh, Brizongo doing like the fashion police gimmick. <laughs> so I get the, like the whole concept behind it is like that. They're supposed to be funny. They're supposed to be a comedy draw, but it's tough because when they do the comedy draw and then they go into the ring and their wins are like mistakes, it's tough for you to take them seriously. Yeah. Um, they're both really good. Like Tyler Breeze is an amazing uh, wrestler and Fandango is too. I just don't know if they found their, I don't know. It's been over a year and they're really not, they're, they're not grooving that well. So I don't know. Usos, I guess. Yeah. Uso, I That's guess. What I, say. I guess yeah. the new day will be there after this pay-per-view. So when the new day comes in, maybe it'll bring SmackDown's tag division up. They did a great job uh, in raw. So, you know, whatever. But eh, I don't know. I, I, I need I need more steam out of this tag division. Let's talk about the one match that I, I really care. I, I'm really hoping is going to be big. Shinsuke got called up about two weeks ago. He hasn't fought a match yet in um, on SmackDown. The ovation for Shinsuke coming to SmackDown was deafening. Um. It happened in Boston, and I could hear it from my house, <laughs> and it's six miles away from the arena. I could hear it clearly from my house. There was the sound, just wind hitting me. Good God, what's um, that? <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It it was crazy. Uh, the I I have friends who were there. It was like the one event that I've missed in years. Uh, I just didn't. I I didn't want to spend the money this time. That was just that was on me. <laughs> I'm going to SummerSlam this year, and uh, I'm also going to see TLC. Oh yeah, saving and money Raw, for that, man. So I've got I've got <laughs> enough things. Yeah, I got enough things going on. And then we're taking a trip to California. It's a whole thing. I, I'm very, I'm out of my. Oh, when you go to California, so I'm not going to California in October. Uh, I might have to. I might have to plan yeah. some stuff too. I need to get back there. 
You should. It's um, uh, we're going uh, Columbus weekend. Oh, nice. So we're gonna be there from the seventh to the fourteenth. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk. Let's let's get some golfing. <laughs> That'd be <James>. awesome. <laughs> um, so we've got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler. Okay, I like Dolph Ziggler. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think he gets kind of a bum rap. I think a lot of people look at him as a Shawn Michaels ripoff and not as strong. He 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 did take his bumps. I mean, he started off as an evil cheerleader for crying out loud. So you gotta you gotta think that this guy really did take his bumps moving up, and he fought, he clawed his way up uh, from from being a guy who was not taken seriously uh, on the Spirit Squad, which was the evil cheerleader group, uh, to a guy who was taken somewhat seriously. I believe he's a three time champion, which is pretty amazing. Shinsuke Nakamura, world decorated champion, New Japan wrestling champion, uh, NXT champion, not to mention so many other belts he's held. Shinsuke is a seasoned veteran, and he comes into WWE, works the NXT crowd for a, a long time, and actually has gone, and you know who knows what's true and what's not true, but but he has gone on record saying, the NXT crowd was one of his favorite crowds to work with because they were so intimate. They were the same people coming back and forth every week. And they just he just loved that crowd. So him moving up, the ovation that he got coming to SmackDown. Now, who's his first opponent? Looks like at first we thought it was going to be um, The Miz. But then The Miz moves over to Raw. That would have been a great match, too. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But we got Ziggler. Now, there are rumors circulating that Shinsuke and Dolph Ziggler have had fights which are in dark matches after SmackDown's gone off the air. Um, I can't confirm or deny them, but a couple of people who have been to live events have said they've seen Shinsuke fighting Dolph Ziggler at live events after airtime is over. So that's kind of cool to know. So you, you know that this match is being practiced. You know that it's being fine-tuned. Even though Shinsuke is green... What do you think? You think he's gonna go? You think he's gonna? You think he's gonna win against Dolph Ziggler, or do you think they're gonna drop uh, him? I don't know. This is this is that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I might have to go with Dolph on this one. Um, yeah. I mean, he's. You think yeah, so? Uh, I'd say Dolph. <laughs> You're gonna say Dolph. Well, here's the thing. One of the things that a lot of people look at, like in, in, in sports entertainment, they don't look at it the same way as regular sports, but the way they play it out uh, in sports entertainment compared to like, you know, hockey or baseball or basketball, you know, you could be the best in the minor leagues. But that doesn't mean you're even good compared to a guy who's been in the big leagues for a while. Exactly. Um, you know, Ziggler, he's got a lot of training. He's got a lot of ring sense. He's been in that ring for a while. The only thing that sways me in a different direction is this isn't Shinsuke's first no. rodeo. Uh, so he does have ring discipline. He does have ring awareness and really good ring awareness. That being said, this one I will definitively disagree with you, James. I think Shinsuke is going to go over. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. 
We'll see. I mean, that's coming up on on the birthday. Yeah. So I'm excited Maybe about get that. Your, so your be birthday a good wish. One, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping, dude. I love yeah. Shinsuke. I love it, dude. I love um um he's so weird and good and it's just great stuff. So that about sums up the ring review for sure. You know, this has been great getting yeah. back. You know, just getting back into the swing of things, talking to everybody, saying hello, just having fun. It's it's been a great episode. Uh, special thanks to uh, Kevin James for coming yeah. on. What what a what a great guy! What a great guy to work with. Um, Lots of fun. To talk really to. looking forward. Oh yeah, man! Really looking forward to uh, not for resale. I think uh, I think that's gonna be awesome. And if you haven't checked out a lot of his YouTube videos, go and check out New Kids on the Rock uh, on YouTube. It's such good stuff. Um, you know, friend or foe, one of my favorites. Computer Fighters is one of the best things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So, you know, thanks, Kevin, for coming on the show. We hope uh, you join us again real soon. Like like you said, he, he will be joining uh, both Quack and I for a, a Let's Play. So that'll be yep. a good time. And, uh, you know, want to thank Lame Genie and thank Power you, thank Glove. You, thank you. Um, you, guys, you guys have been there for us basically since the day we started this. The, the music is you, you're nothing without a good soundtrack and you guys provide us with one of the best soundtracks we could possibly and everybody listening to the show should um, buy their albums I mean you could you can absolutely no question yeah. you go on there like give what you can a lot of these guys especially I know lame genie for a fact you can go onto their website and just donate what you can to these guys and and buy their albums you know uh their their name your own price albums. Don't go in and hit zero. Come on. Well, you, if there's if there's ten songs on the album, spend yeah, ten dollars. Pay it all. You know, and, and even if it's five, you got to realize, you know, CD deals for bands it hasn't been good since like the, maybe the early '90s. So if you give them, just yeah. give them something. But yeah, definitely. I mean, a buck a song. I mean, come on, you pay more for a cup of coffee. Uh, so Absolutely. yeah, and that cup of coffee lasts even, like ten so minutes. So <laughs> even if they have twenty songs, you know what I mean? Like you know, they have the speed runs. Yeah. All right, so take four of those songs and make them a quarter a piece, you know? So there's 30 songs on the album, you know, do a quarter yeah. a piece, you know, 10 bucks. It's not it's not no. tough. Guys, come on. Let's be cool about this. Um, I would like to also give a shout out to Diamond Mine Tattoos and Cape Cod Laser. Um, it's uh, great uh, new sponsors of the show. Uh, Tim created diamond mine tattoos, do all, uh, my tattoos and all my tattoo work. And I do all of his video work for, uh, his, his website and also for Cape Cod laser. Um, so it's been great working with them. Really psyched about working with them. Good people. And if you need a tattoo and you're in the Cape Cod area, that is the place to go. 53 main street in buzzards Bay. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at You Should Play This, or on Twitter at Should Play This, or of, co of course you can always check us out at YouShouldPlayThis.com. Uh, as usual, James, thank you so much. Uh, I don't think I would have the ability to do this without one of my best friends in the world Aww. constantly berating yeah. me and making me do more work. <laughs> I believe and, in you. <laughs> uh, no, man, it's it's so good, dude. You know, I, I appreciate it. And it's great to be back and expect a lot more from yeah. us because our busy season is now busy season for you guys. We're back. We're ready to roll. 
Uh, we're going to start uh, digging holes and taking souls. That's what The Undertaker said. And then he retired. Oh. So we're not going to do what he did. Uh. <laughs> oh, it, 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 I have to say, too, man, I mean, this is this is this is good. I mean, I, I very much enjoy working with one of my best friends, too. I mean, you I mean, yeah, man, you know, anytime. You. I mean, we, we, we we're kind of I mean, we're a little closer now. I'm in Colorado rather than California. So, I mean, you know, but it's 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 this is this is one of those times <laughs> where I mean, we talk to each other online all the time, but it's so good to like be able to call. And then you, we're just sharing this moment. I mean, we edit some of the banter out when we're taking a break, you know, doing what we got to do. But we try to, you know, we try to show you our conversation. That's all this is, is just a conversation between two friends about things we love. Yeah, man. And uh, it's true. It's a conversation about things we love. Uh, yeah, some of it's uh, predetermined, you know. Uh, but that's life, man. We're the kayfabe <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks again for hanging out with us. You should play this audience. My name is Babom1337. This is Dozer, the PC Exposer. And we will see you next Later. time. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye-bye. It's always that. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laugh